0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 94, Spotlight on Green Lantern, the Jeff Johns era. Brightest day, and blackest night, no evil shall escape our
1: sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware our power. Green Lantern's light!
0: This episode of Comic Shenanigans was originally recorded as episode 96. Due to scheduling error, it has been rebranded as episode 94, although in the episode I will describe it as episode 96. Enjoy! Welcome once again to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 96, so uh, as you can tell by our intros, um, we're looking at uh, Green Lantern today, or specifically... Uh, The Jeff Johns era of Green Lantern. Um, So, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. I'm here with uh, my special co host, Paul Suarez. And I'm actually going to turn the reins over to Paul a little bit today. Um, (laughs) We've been scheduling this for a while, but my life's been hectic, so I haven't had as much time to prep for the episode. So, I thought, you know what, Paul, this is your turn. You get to really uh, take this one by the horns. Okay, fantastic.
1: So, uh, as uh, we talked about briefly, Offcast, what I essentially did is I did a little bit of research and looked at some various things that happened throughout uh, the era. <clears throat> and I made uh, just a bunch of notes of, I guess, pros and cons or the positives and negatives that uh, I found throughout the run, and I figured I'd go through the various items and we okay. smash them back and forth and see what we now, thought.
0: No, I guess before we actually jump into mm-hmm. that, actually, mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably helpful mm-hmm. to kind of go back to where we were in terms of the Green Lantern mythos up into like when Jeff Johns came on. Because uh, it's important to understand, it, it, we have to to understand really the scope of what he brought to the mythos. We have to understand how kind of shattered it was when he came to it. Right? Absolutely, I don't know if you were going to reference that, but I just no, thought we no, in we there. No, we can go there. It's fine. So I mean, so when uh, Green Lantern Rebirth first came out, it was what 2004. Mm-hmm. So leading up to that, obviously, uh, Silver Age Green, La- uh, Green Lantern was Hal Jordan. There was other Green Lanterns throughout the years. There was uh, John Stewart and Guy Gardner, as well as various other members of the core. Uh, in the early nineties, they kind of took it all away because, uh, as was the fad of the era, there was a lot of breaking down heroes and bringing up, uh, new ones or making them better than before. So obviously beside that was Superman. They killed off Superman, brought in four pretenders. Uh, Batman got his back broken. So they brought in a pretender there. But in both those cases, we had the one a true original comeback in a, you know, pretty big fashion. I mean, Superman coming back at the end of brain of the Superman was a big deal, uh, Batman finally, you know, reclaiming his cowl from uh, John Paul Valley was a big deal at the end of uh, Night's End. Uh, so they tried it with Green Lantern. So they had, uh, as a result of the Reign of the Supermen, uh, Hal Jordan's home city, Coast City, was destroyed, leveled, uh, right off the face of the earth. Which was always weird that they did that in a non-Green Lantern book. They did it in a Superman title. That you know, it was just kind of an odd choice to ruin a hero's city like that, which is pretty dark. Um, and so they have the character go crazy and uh, Emerald Twilight. Yep. It was Emerald Twilight, right? Yep. Yeah. I always get it confused with Emerald Dawn. I don't know why, because they're fundamentally opposed and should be able to figure that out. <laughs> um, but uh, so Haldoran goes crazy. He basically slaughters a lot of Green Lanterns on his way to Oa, and then he becomes Parallax, which sets up uh, Zero Hour. So that's kind of where the character was. And then throughout the years, a lot of people were really upset about that, because then with Hal Jordan's Descendant of Madness, they brought in a new Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, who was extremely different. Um, he didn't have the core behind him. He was the only Green Lantern left. Uh, he was given the ring by Gant, uh, one of the lone surviving Guardians at the time. So he he was in a very different uh, you know uh, Green Lantern franchise because he was the only one left. Uh, Hal Jordan would continue to make appearances throughout the deck the decade finishing out the 90s. He was in uh, Final Night, which was a crossover where he redeemed himself by re-extinguishing, sorry, reigniting the sun. And uh, then he became Parallax, so not Parallax, he became... um, Spectre. The Spectre. And it was just a weird time to be a Hal Jordan fan. Um, There was, I don't know if you remember, you ever remember hearing about Heat? It was this uh, very angry vocal segment of the uh, Green Lantern fandom that was really opposed to Kyle Rayner being around or even be existing and just really wanted Hal Jordan back. And they were, they were sending like, death threats to Ron Mars, who made him go crazy. And they would send a lot of letters to, to DC. Like, it was a big issue. And a lot of people were like, why haven't you brought back Hal? You brought everyone else back, and you got, let them be heroes again. But instead, like, you had the legacy of Green Lantern was forever tainted because Hal Jordan went crazy. And that kind of brought us up to 2004. You had Kyle Rayner's run as Green Lantern had been, you know, kind of rocky throughout its tenure. I mean, did you read a lot of... Uh, I was... read stuff
1: here and there. Again, being more of a Marvel guy, I didn't see a lot of DC. I had one guy in college lend me um, the uh, the Destruction of Post City there, the Green okay. of Superman, and then read Emerald Dawn, Twilight, way back then. And then um, I read, uh, when Overpower came out, um, I loved the the Kyle Rayner okay. um
0: Card. What about I mean. Marvel versus DC? See him there. Yeah, I saw him there. He's caught, silver Surfer, yeah. Ar- silver yeah. Surfer, yeah.
1: Actually, no, Silver Surfer beat him. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, th- I like the aesthetic. I like the armor. I thought Kyle's like a cool character. There so read a couple of little stories here and there. So mm-hmm. I you know I kind of dug him, um, but never really. Got, like I was more of a Batman person, if anything. Okay. Um, uh, that I cared about at the time. And then when Rebirth rolled around, I go, okay, well, here's, I guess, a good jumping on point, right? Here's mm-hmm. a Rebirth, here's a, uh, we're going to bring it back Green Lantern. He's always been a character that intrigued me in the whole, I got, like, police stuff, right? So okay. the, the space cop thing really appealed to me, right?
0: It makes sense why Kyle Rayner wouldn't as much, because they went really far away from that. I mean, he was he was basically Spider-Man in a lot of ways. Like, who's Spider-Man with a power ring. He was this That's younger true. guy yeah. who would, you know, crack wise, and he always kind of felt uncomfortable being around everyone else and being in the JLA, like by virtue of being a Green Lantern, but always feeling like he didn't belong. And
1: it was kind of messed up. And the girlfriend go in the fridge. And oh the yeah,
0: world. well yeah, he, his love life leaves something to be desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Spider Man hasn't had it nearly as bad in some ways. He's never had his girlfriend stuck <laughs> into a <laughs> fridge or his what mom's head in the stove, but it wasn't his mom anyway. Um, so it was a rough time to be, anyways, to be a Hal Jordan fan, like you. Had sporadic appearances here and there. You had the short-lived Spectre series, but you didn't really have a real How Jordan book. Um, and then they wound, they finally, uh, they ended the Green Lantern title at the time. And Kyle Rayner just kind of went off into space. He, it was kind of a sad way for his book to send off because he came back to Earth and realized that a lot of things had changed since he was back. His girlfriend had basically like cheated on him. I think with someone else, and every his life was pretty much over. and He was kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to go into space, and that's where they left it. It was really depressing. But then you have Rebirth come around So Jeff Johns at the time had written What had he written? Um, I guess he was about to write or he was writing uh, Infinite Crisis so that was coming up He had written JSA um, and He'd done really well in that He'd written Hawkman He was really starting to kind of make his name in comics I mean he'd done a short-lived stint on the Avengers At uh, Marvel uh, But it was, I, I would say that these days It's probably his Green Lantern run that he's most fondly Thought of for Absolutely, well they've Titans as well Teen Titans, yeah,
1: no. yeah, not the same though. I mean, no, not the same level. But I remember picking that up because I, I saw John's name attached to it, and Teen Titans was another group of characters that intrigued me a bit as well. Hmm. Um, so I hopped on that. that. That was my big jump into DC, um, like when Identity Crisis came out, it was Rebirth the King of Teen Titans.
0: It was a a time it felt like DC was really actively trying to get people to read their books. Yeah. Which, I mean, theoretically they're always trying to do, but I felt that was the time when they did the best job. Um, I mean, they'd had... I mean they're a big company. I mean they're they've always been they've been number 2 for a long time, but it felt like in the early 2000s they really started getting their shit together. Yeah. I mean, you had some limited stuff that they started doing like uh Batman Hush was a huge critical yeah, success. Yeah, Hush was a big thing. And over. again, it was about bringing people in and getting them interested in DC characters again. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot, like they were really succeeding. I mean, once the 90s stink kind of started to wear off. I mean, it was bad for both company, for both Marvel yeah. and DC, True. but DC's I mean, it felt like some of those bad decisions lasted longer with like um superman having the horrible electric costume and uh just a lot of weird decisions and or it just felt very 90s like you had aquaman with the with the beard and the harpoon harpoon which is cool but also very like edgy and grungy and like this is a 90s character um anyway so getting on to rebirth uh do you want to do your kind of top of the entire run or kind of go through a little bit of rebirth just because this is how it started
1: we can talk about Rebirth that's as how i sorry I remember reading this um, at the time and because I wasn't as familiar with the overall history of the character mm. a lot of it was a heavy read going like I don't get it right away so I had to read it again and kind of do some research and look back and understand the whole spectrodynamic and, and what Parallax was all about and a lot of different things and I had to wonder for a while, how did he actually come back from all of this? How is he Hal Jordan again and everything?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I I was a fan, I always liked Hal Jordan as a as a character. Uh, I had seen him on Super Friends. I had read some old Green Lantern comics. One of my first the kind of forays into comic reading at all that I started actually buying on the newsstand when I was like nine was Reign of the Superman. So I saw Co-City get destroyed like when it was actually happening. I uh, was reading like those times. I saw Green Lantern there, and I thought, he's pretty cool. I always actually liked the white he- the white streaks the the Reed Richards streaks that <laughs> uh, style, yeah. that uh, Hal Jordan had going on during that era, and then he then and then Hal was gone, and so I always liked the idea that he was coming back. Like I thought he was a cool character. Not that I had anything against Kyle Rayner, although I wasn't a huge fan of Kyle Rayner's original costume. You no, know, you liked it. I love it. Yeah. I liked more his his last costume from his own solo book, which is what he has for the like for a while during the Jeff Johns era. Um, well, this Ion symbol, right? Yeah, basically the Ion symbol. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the listeners can't see it, but uh, Paul's wearing a Green Lantern shirt with that symbol on it, and I really like the way that looked and the way that costume looked. So that kind of era of Cowriter was cool, but I was just excited. Yeah, to he have had the spiky back. hair, no, no armor going on, and yeah, yeah. I was just excited to see Hal come back, and uh, and what I like, what it's you're right. This is kind of a, a hard read if you don't really know a lot about these characters, like uh, Guy Gardner having the weird war, like when he was Warrior and yeah. he has the weird, um, uh, I don't know, like weird armor. Like, the weird alien things, which they quickly get rid of in Rebirth, thank goodness, because that's not a good look. No. Um, and again, it's one of those... Weird tattoos and stuff, yeah. It's holdovers from a weird period, and they restore the character to him being more of a regular, like, looking guy again, which was nice. A nice decision. Um... I'm just, I'm just flipping through the book right now. It, yeah, it is a, it's a tough read if you don't know what's going on. Like, right. I can imagine the research you have to do to really get into it. That being said, it starts off as a harder read because you have Jeff Johns doing a lot of heavy lifting at trying to take where all these former lanterns are and try to put them onto the map and clean them off. Like, he's taking... Basically, there's a ton of dust and crap on these characters. And he's trying to burn it all off and make it as as you know easy to jump into a New Lantern's adventures and restore Hal Jordan to what he should be. Now, there's a lot of questions I had on here on how a lot of these characters came back because Kilowog had died at one point. Kilowog was suddenly back. Uh, the Guardians seemed fine, or at least Gantet seemed fine. Uh, I don't even know how Hal Jordan's body survived being in the sun, but that's a whole other thing. Like, there's a lot of weird decisions... Um, but the story itself is a relatively simple one of just restoring this this character, and again, characters come back from the dead and you just kind of you just kind of take them in stride absolutely like, like Sinestro. he should be dead, he had his neck cracked, but he's back looking more effeminate than ever <laughs> um this but it, oh, it's such a just flipping through it again though it is a it is a really well illustrated book oh I did an amazing job. my hardcover is signed by him oh really he had it yeah. signed that's really cool um but again there are, i I'm <laughs> Some things I'm like, man, that's kind of dumb. Like, I forgot how Parallax infecting Gambit. Oh, kind
1: me of, too, actually.
0: I totally forgot about that. Like, it's interesting. It's been a while. Uh, and even having all the, you know, the, all the Guardians come back. But there's a lot of good moments in here. There's a lot of, you know, kind of badass Green Lantern moments where it definitely felt they took this character that a lot of people sometimes thought was goofy. And he wasn't goofy anymore. Instead, he was really cool. And he was punching Batman out with one punch. Before we move on from Rebirth, I just uh, I was rereading it a little bit of it today, and just having the uh, actually you're on one of my favorite moments when Green Arrow tries to use the Green Lantern ring, and uh, it almost like like he's in a lot of pain just to generate a, one arrow, and then a little bit later on, actually I think it might actually be the next issue, uh, that issue where at the very end you have Hal Jordan's um, his narration as he he describes the ring coming back to his finger and just having, like, you know, the, the body is, is stiff, but the, the spirit isn't, and there's him when he gets up and is charged by the ring, and you see the old temples, you know, go back to normal, which makes no sense. Um, it's just such an awesome moment, and then just his first kind of fight back in the saddle is is so awesome, and so expertly done by Skyver. and then, again, John's is able to do something that no one expected. He's able to make Cowaner still feel relevant and necessary, because a lot of people assumed... Wrongly so, but I can see why. That, oh, well, Hal Jordan's coming back, so they're just going to throw rid of Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Kyle Rayner's not going to matter anymore. Instead, you have Hal Jordan basically saying, like, no, Kyle does matter. He he, you know, he kept uh, the light burning when no one else could, no one else was able to do it, and he was able to be there, and he's proven himself. And Kyle even has a moment where he's like, well, I don't know, I'm not like you. And he's like, you've done all this stuff. What are you talking about? Let's go. And it's it's a nice way of, of Jeff John saying... No, Kyle does deserve to be a Green Lantern. Maybe he didn't start off the greatest with just having to be in an alley, you know, in an alley and meet an alien. Right. But he has become something greater and better through all his time as a Green Lantern. And it was nice to have Jeff Johns acknowledge that of the character, and then f- trying to find a way to make all the Green Lanterns function properly. And so, even though he has John Stewart and Guy Gardner, they all bring their own strengths, and he makes it so that it's not—they're not all the same. They're all quite different, and they all operate. And seeing them all fight one foe together, and having Hal describe what it's like to, for each one of them, and even Kilowog, and I think isn't it Kilowog is the only one whose ring constructs actually generate sound. Isn't that, I think there's a... Yeah, they were like
1: mentioning, like, you, you have... Um, Guy's ring is always kind of sputtering and yep. uh, leaking, almost. And you have uh, John, more of an architect, very straight lines, very yep. put-together and, exactly. and smart. Kyle is much more, you know, the big you know boxing glove and robot armor and stuff like that. Yep. Very creative right? For sure. So, absolutely. Well, one thing he establishes very early on in the run here is with the Green Arrow example that you mm-hmm. use, is he, I guess, in the past... Anyone could grab their ring and use it. Yes. Now they're establishing the fact that no, you need to have the ability to overcome fear or Mm -hmm. um, instill fear or be capable of
0: great rage and And tap into the emotional spectrum much more. Yeah, you're right. Because before it really was anybody, like a lot of people always wanted to get their hands in the power ring because they could use it. And now they make it clear that only specific people can actually use it. No, you're right. That was a. It's in- interesting how easy it is to take for granted a lot of the, f- the groundwork and how the, the Green Lantern mythos has really changed as a result of even some of the earlier stuff that Jeff Dunn's wrote for the character, which is amazing. I mean, he was his first real quick kick of the can for, for making a Green Lantern story, and he knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. And um, anything in particular about Rebirth you wanted to discuss before we move on to kind of Just your the scene macro? here
1: toward the end here with, with Batman. Okay right, So so Batman's here With the like, Just League behind him And Howl behind With the, the Geo core behind him And Batman's like Staring at, staring him down They're Eyeing each other And Batman's like So you need to believe this That you were influenced Possessed uh, Is that That was Fairlax The outside force And then Howl's like I don't care what you believe I'm back This is it And then Batman's like Alright So I guess you're back Is that a problem not right now john i suppose
0: like batman is like the go-to yeah. for oh, the entire yeah. dcu right no so. very much so and yeah and what is nice about this as well is it makes sense that a guy whose whole thing is about willpower and and not feeling fear would not care about batman like batman's whole his whole trade is that he is a fearmonger. Like like yeah. he, he's only effective if he's really able to generate fear into the hearts of his victims or those he's you know fighting against and uh that just does not work on Hal Jordan, and that's a nice touch, especially... Yeah, Yeah, Hal's not scared of Batman. No, Hal's not scared of Batman, and that's part of what pisses off Batman. Batman Exactly. That's his thing. Like, you can't just be like, what do you mean you're not scared of me? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's amazing, though, how amazing this is in this book here, Mm -hmm. and then how poorly it's done later in Justice League, after 52 happens.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, That's one other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Well... There's a lot of good things about the New 52, but there's so many bad ones. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's easier sometimes to point at all the awful stuff. Uh, so what's on your, on your list of kind of your, your okay. favorites? Do you want to do good stuff or bad stuff first? Uh,
1: let's talk or, you
0: want to go back and forth? Or? Um, I guess we can go back and forth. Let's
1: go one at a time. Okay. Uh, so one thing I had in here was the, uh, the pa- use, being able to use the, the rings and the powers, um, which we touched on right now. So uh, the uh, entities... Okay. Establishing that each core had um, this being mm-hmm. that was the crux of these powers. You had Ion for the GL core, Freylax for the Sinestro core, Predator yep. for the Sapphires, etc. Yep. Right? So it wasn't just this mysterious thing. It, it helped explain the yellow impurity. You had this. this so is this a positive for
0: you? Absolutely. This is not a positive for me. Not a positive for well, you. Well here's the thing. Okay. Theoretically I agree with you. I just feel like a lot of it was very left very vague and you never got a really good mm-hmm. sense of what all the entities how they really operated. Like it was like you, you had glimpses like obviously you had Parallax which was the the first one that was really front and center. Yes. But then you never really got a good sense of Ion and it kind of didn't make sense how how Cow was Ion before and had like the Ion power, but now they were kind of retroactively changing it. Which to be fair is Jeff John's Favorite trick. He loves to retcon things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it really works, and sometimes it doesn't. And I just felt like the whole Ion creature never really never really got a good sense of what it is. Where is it now? Like, whatever happened with Sodom Yacht taking it in? Like, didn't he absorb it? And then he kind of got his ass kicked? And then what happened afterwards? Like, I, I like the idea and the concept of it. I yes. just think it was never executed well enough. Right. So I agree with you on that front Although as well. the Predator's still around. I mean, I don't know if you've read the new Green Lantern Corps issue, but, like, Predator's out there, and not really sure what it's doing but another entity found it and I don't know which entity that even was and now they're looking for the White Lantern I don't even know what that is anymore because (laughs) I'm so confused by the changes in continuity yeah they have messed up a few things it would have been cool to see um,
1: with the entities each of them having a host in their respective core. Yeah. Right? Having uh, Sodom Yat be Ion, and really, like, I loved when they first brought him in. Oh, and freaking then he amazing. his way, right? I love Sodom um, <laughs> And it would have had, cool to have each core have this kind of hardcore member that had the entity built within them, mm-hmm. and then eventually when Kronos shows up to eventually use them all against the core, he could have, you know, been picking off, and then who's, who's taking away these powers from these awesome members of the core, and it would have been Sorry, more... did you say
0: Kronos? Oh, Krona. Krona, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Crona, right? Krona, right? K R O N? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So. I, think, I figured like, Cronus, am i figured no, Krona I don't no. know what this Cron- is. Yeah. Did I it, miss something? Yeah. No, and we're did the, stop the, and the, the Green
1: Lanterns. When Krona uh, t- gets all the entities and uses okay. them as a the core, it would have been cool for him to be like slowly grabbing the powers away from these characters and then yeah, would have no, been. Yeah, well, I, I been agree with you.
0: But that's why it's not a pro for me. It's yeah. because I like the concept, but I just feel like they never really really did enough with it. What Johns did well
1: it. in the whole run is he teased a lot of really good things mm-hmm. and brought in a whole bunch of um, great ideas, but not all of them
0: saw the light of day. People would have preferred to see. I guess you brought up a good point there that he teased a lot, and I felt like after when if I can really look at his run, I, there's a lot of points where you're you get a really good tease, and then you just you're strung around for a while and you do other things until he eventually gets back to it. And so I like if 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 you were to just look at like the trade collections, there's a bunch where I'm like not really. Pointless, pointless But we're just getting We're waiting to get to the good stuff And there's just a lot of him fe- Making you feel like At the end of Sinestro Corps Was the biggest tease Because you get to the end You're like oh man That was amazing And then you get to the very end You're like holy crap Something else is happening At Blackest Night Like it was just It was the biggest thing And then it just felt like It was taking forever to get there True And to, to, to build up to that point And by then it just felt like I don't know. Like it, it was less about what we were actually reading and more about what was coming. And I, that detracts a little from what you're reading. I don't know if that makes any sense. but It does a little bit. If you tease too much, it's almost like if you look at solicitations and you find a solicitation you really like, well, now you're, it feels like you're three months behind what you really want to read. So you're just slogging through. But it's even worse when a year and a half before an event, they tease something, and it looks amazing, and you just had an event that was amazing. And they you're like, I just want the event now. Get, you know, I don't want this appetizer. No, but you, well, I guess the
1: problem were was they needed to do a better job leading up to Blackest Night, mm-hmm. right? Instead uh, of so like, don't give us filler to leave Blackest Night, give us the road to get there. Like we, we've we've ended this chapter. Yep. Now we know. Give us the road there. Yeah. let's get there. It wasn't
0: all filler, but some of it definitely felt like yes, it. exactly. Um, or it just felt like some of the stories. It it just felt like they were supposed to get to somewhere in Blackest Night. Well, I, I've said this before, and I, maybe not on the podcast, but I always felt that Blackest Night should have been separate from the uh, you know, the War of Light. And it just felt like when the War of Light kind of happened, more or less, it felt very rushed because Blackest Night was its own thing. And I yeah. felt like they could have been separate things because I really wanted to see more of all the actual cores going up against one another as opposed to just having it against uh, Necron. And after a while, what, eight months of zombies is too much. Well,
1: that's, that's my first negative point is that I think Blackest Night... I think Rolando got to a point where it's a victim of his own success. Mm. Where Sinestro Core was the peak of the whole era. Um, in, have, our, in, our, in, our, in, in our our, In our opinion.
0: Fine. I think in many people's opinion. Uh, a lot of people still love Blackest Night, and I can see why. I just think like, it was a little bloated. And well, I think the fact it, that everyone got involved in it, and I think that you're right, it's a victim of its own success because exactly. DC saw how much everyone loved Sinestro Core yeah. War. So, like, let's make it more of a little bit more of a universe spanning thing. But it became too ridiculous. And they did like, a ridiculous amount of
1: tie ins. And look, if you were a hardcore DC fan and you knew who was alive, who was dead, and had an emotional connection with a lot of the characters that came back and didn't come back and mm. whatever, and the zombies, maybe it was better for you. For a guy like me, who's more Marvel heavy and just enjoying the GL side of things a bit, um, I had cool moments like you know when Aquaman summons zombie sharks and stuff like that yeah. that was pretty badass that was awesome yeah. but there's a lot of stuff and, and characters came back I don't know who this character is there's no mm. I have no big deal I didn't have to go and buy all these ridiculous tie-ins all these Blackest Night one-shot issues yeah. they did or these dead comic books or whatever the idea was kind of neat idea, was. Need idea but how, how many of those tie-ins were worth reading
0: yeah not a lot of them right Um, it, that is true Um, I think yeah it was a little I think part of the problem was that it had its own miniseries. Because the original Sinestro Corps, the, the brilliance of it, it, was just crisscrossing through, yeah, the, through regular, the, books. the regular titles. It had a couple of Tales books, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, and and, and, and it, one useless, terrible Blue Beetle tie-in. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, like, you were just... It was just... If you were reading Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, you got the entire story. And that... Which felt very old school, because they don't do that a lot anymore. And then, the next big event, they have its own series, which, in and of itself, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But, when you have eight issues of it, it's... That's not the problem. The problem is that, what do you do with the regular book at that time? Well, you have to have it tie in as well. So, it's just... You go from having one story going through two different titles... Three core to go through. ...to now having three core books... Plus, you have a plethora of tie-ins. The tie-ins aren't even the worst part of that. The fact is, after a while, it's, it's eight months of reading about the same storyline. And it, it's good. A lot of it's good, but it just felt like, oh my god, it's still going. Whereas the original Sinestro Corps, how many months was that? Like, wasn't it just... I guess maybe it was four or five months, but it didn't feel like it
1: because it wasn't as many But you couldn't wait for the next issue of that. You were stoked, right? And it was so condensed, and it it was paced so well. Like, it it was one of the best events of all time. I I, I would actually agree
0: with that because I think... And you really could, like, depending on the title, like, you were seeing different parts of an actual war. Like, the Green Lantern Corps issues of uh, Sister Corps, were fantastic war exactly. comics. Like, you actually saw them doing, like, this is a war against another faction. And having um, ranks versus Mogo. Awesome stuff. Absolutely. And, like, you could read that independent of what was happening in the actual Green Lantern book. I mean, obviously it's part of the one big storyline, but there you had different phases of that storyline, which was nice, which reminds me of stuff like Onslaught, where... Uh, uh, in the 90s where you had like one big storyline to follow it all you had to read all the different uh, phases but really like some of them were very specific um, to, you know to ter- certain elements of the overall storyline which is exactly the same as Sinestro Corps War so I, I, I adore it a lot I mean and that last issue I remember reading it and I was on my lunch break and I was just like I can't put this down and the minute it was over I'm like I gotta read this again because yeah. it was just it was such a An action-packed finale and everything felt earned and it was also again classic john setting up things to come later you had teases of the first glimpses of the red lanterns and all these other core and it's like oh man there's a whole bigger universe that's coming and what should have seemed gimmicky and silly instead felt like a world of possibility which is hard to do absolutely because the minute everyone was like oh wait other colors really this is lame but that That's your first knee-jerk reaction. But you read that comic and you see all the other glimpses of what all the other cores look like. and You're like, this isn't lame at all. This is actually really cool. If it becomes the Rainbow Show, it's going to be a problem. But as long as it's not and it just kind of looks more badass and you actually get to feel that they are all different. I mean, if this had been done 15 years ago, they all would have been humanoids, more or less, and they all would have had... There would be no difference in their powers and it would there would be no, you know, oh, this one's based on will, this is based on this. That wouldn't have been a thing. Just they all have different colors but they're basically the same. 15 years ago that's what we would have had. Fair to say because but Jeff Johns bought something new. Anyways, I keep going all over the place. No, that's it. that's totally fine. You're hitting on a lot of good points, so that's fantastic. Um can I just say um so I'm just going back. Sure. So Green Lantern Rebirth I, I bought that series right off the shelves. Loved it. Uh, then I started reading Green Lantern, so that was launched by Jeff Johns, and um, Carlos Pachico did the first few issues, and then you had Ethan Van Skyver, I think, on there as well. Uh, I have the trade of it, I guess, here, which is Green Lantern No Fear. Uh, I got really bored really fast of the Green Lantern books, to be honest, when it started. Um, I remember I loved Rebirth. Part of it's the Skyver artwork was so, so good, and the colors were really fantastic. That's it. I've, I've said it on my reviews podcast before when you're doing a green lantern book, the colors better be great because if they don't pop off the page like the, the whole thing is it has to be green like yeah. it has to really look good and I found the the Pacheco artwork uh whoever was doing the colors it just felt matte and really boring and I found the designs were really dull and i just i, I the story just felt like very generic, whereas you had this sense of world building and rebirth, and then I just was so bored by the first few i just they
1: did ground them a bit. But they had to reestablish him in the city. and It just felt like Carol. It, took,
0: it took so long. And it was a slow burn, sure. Really slow. And I, was, I remember I basically dropped the book the minute that one year later was supposed to happen. And I was like, which is, again, this is Infinite Crisis. This is 2004 to 2005. You have uh, Infinite Crisis has this moment where then afterwards they jump ahead a year in all their books, which was a big thing at the time. And you you had 52 now running, and it was supposed to answer what happened in the meantime, although it really didn't in a lot of cases. Um, So the Green Lantern books jumped forward, and I was like, well, this is a perfect time for me to to walk away. And it wasn't until a few months later I was reading someone else's copies, and I was like, you know what, Maybe, maybe I spoke too soon. And then you have these glimpses of the Sinestro Corps building. So you have these, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should jump in soon. So the minute... The Sinestro Corps special came out, which was the first part of the storyline. I bought that, and then eventually I filled in the rest with my trades. Um, and that's what brought me back to the Green Lantern books, because I had been bored. Um, but the fact that you had one year later bring in Ivan Reyes in an art, who's a brilliant artist, and then you had the, these glimpses of something cool happening with Sinestro... That was enough to bring me back to the book, but the first eight issues or so, were, I found them so boring. Really, eh? Oh. So I I, 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 I don't. I'm, I'm a collector, like everyone else who usually likes comics. It's hard for me to drop things. It wasn't hard for me to drop. It was such a clear. We're jumping ahead of here. Great, I'm gone. <laughs> like you know, I, I love it when comic book companies give me the Do a great a great jumping off point. Like, oh, I don't like the spider that Peter Parker being killed off. Great, perfect spot to leave. And there's a whole new book. I don't care. Yeah, like, skip on Superior and come exactly. back it. Like yeah, It's yeah. the same type of thing. Now, granted, I love Superior Spider-Man, so that didn't happen for me. But if I had hated that, it would have given me... Like, companies, as much as they do a lot of dick things, they actually give you a lot of great jumping-off points. <laughs> Not always as many jumping-on points, but they give you some great jumping-off ones. So. Very true. Uh, what's your next point that you wanted to bring up? Uh, let me see here. I think... Sorry, going back. The one highlight of the pre-One Year Later era... Which is again only eight or nine issues um, was Ethan Van Skyver going back to uh, to Green Lantern and they have a weird issue with the tattooed man. Now that part is not that great, but what's good is at the ending when um, when uh, Batman uses the uh, the ring and he gets to see his, like he has an image of his parents and Hal's telling him you know just let go of that night and he's like I don't want to, which is such a powerful Batman moment. Like he's he's not ready, not yet, and seeing him with the Green Lantern symbol on his chest and having him with green instead of, like, the gray. Really badass.
1: You want the um, action figure that has that's I, yeah. that. Yeah. Because well, he looks amazing. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, Batman with... I mean, I can't remember if it was Green Lantern or Sinestro that's actually in one of the Arkham City games or Arkham Asylum. There's a skin that has... I think it might be him as a Sinestro. Okay. But regardless, like, people love Batman... With, with rings I don't know why <laughs> But they think it looks really, And the key They tease it with, twice With Van Skyver on Again yeah. The colorist on Van Skyver Is the right colorist For Green Lantern And he only does one issue Out of like the first eight And I'm like Where, is this, where has this guy been? Because if he stayed On the, uh, on the book I would have stayed longer oh, I agree and, and when it moved forward I, I was already gone So uh, Although there was A good storyline Again I didn't like the artwork In it But um, With uh, Mongol. The Mongol Mungle and uh, the Black Mercy, and they had uh, Hal and uh, uh, Oliver were under its mercy. Yes. That was kind of nice. But again, the artwork did not satisfy it for me. No, it that's... also featured the death of Mungal when her head gets punched off by her brother, <laughs> which terrible. is ridiculous. Terrible. <laughs> Some really her- terrible stuff was yeah, happening. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's not all... It's rainbows not all lollipops, no, yeah,
0: I, yeah. Rainbows, <laughs>
1: rainbows and lollipops. Rainbows is act. sorry, rainbow bright on the brain. We had a rainbow bright party for my little one yesterday. No, no, so. rainbows
0: is fine because I mean this is a it's a color book, right? It is all about the colors. Yeah. Are yeah. you okay,
1: were you okay with the emotional spectrum and the various cores? Yeah, I course? thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I I never had a real big problem with uh, greed not being an emotion. Um, I, it's more of a response to emotion, I guess. But yeah, I, I was fine with it. I thought it was an interesting way to go. I mean, again, I was totally. I was on I was on board I had no problem with seeing where they were going a part of actually what brought me onto the book as well and again I already, the singles had already come out so I was like well I'll just wait for the trade but I love the reintroduction of Cyborg Superman I love Cyborg Superman now I don't like what happened to him in the late 90s when he was all like red and like I'm I'm more of a classic Cyborg Superman when he looks like Superman so having him kind of come back and still kind of look the way he used to, but now having power rings was awesome.
1: Yeah, give him the powers of Sinestro Core, leading the Manhunters. Yeah. That was Well, even before awesome that, stuff. he had the
0: Green Lantern rings, right? When he was yeah. first came back. So, that, again, these were things that made me go, okay, well, maybe I jumped off a little too soon. They have better artists now, and it looks like he has more of an idea of where he wants to go in the story. Um, and then Sinestro Core War happened, and it was brilliant. So, And it also, again, brought me into reading the companion book. Now, we're not really talking about the core book, sorry, very Green Lantern Core, but I mean, it did exist during much of this time. It uh, did, and there was a very long period of time
1: where though both books had their own mission statement and their mm-hmm. own characters they were focusing on, there still was a great feeling of connectivity between the two. But not too much. Not too much, but enough that they, like what was happening in both books mattered. When they had to get together and do stuff they did, they oh. had stuff in both books that uh, mattered so the overall universe story yeah. that they were building. Yeah. Uh, but you lose
0: that coming U52. You, yeah, well, again, I, I, in the last, right near the end of, of John's run, I feel like it, you're right, they, they were really doing their own thing, but in a weird way, and then th- there wasn't a lot of interconnectivity, but then right near the end there was too much conductivity. And then going to the new era with the, the new writers, I find that they're trying too hard to have them all kind of t- take place simultaneously with certain bleed over events and I'm like you just do your own thing be your own you know be your own thing but have a little bit of connectivity but not too much and I feel like they're trying too hard but you're right there was a nice sense of they're in the same universe they have they're operating you know in the same space but different areas of that space if that makes any sense well
1: they did a great job introducing these new characters in the core book right oh yeah it was just Kilowog everyone knew Kilowog yeah and maybe you know the dig and yeah and yes some various other to go back I guess ones right um,
0: yeah, they they introduced a Green Lantern Corps Recharge was a miniseries that kind of re- brought the the core back, the core back yes. and introduced a few select members who would later star in Green Lantern Corps uh, alongside more familiar and established characters. Jeff Don did ri- did co write uh, Recharge, yes, um, which is an important book because it really brings back the core. But it also there's there's also a problem with it, and I was re- rereading part of it today. They go they do the big threats to Oa way too often. <laughs> Um, like Oa gets thrashed all the time, and I I just think that's kind of a um, a crutch they keep going to is that they got to keep destroying Oa or keep having in order for a threat to be really badass it has to force all the lanterns back to Oa and have to just barely manage to protect it. They do that a lot. I guess this is New York City. I I know, but I just feel like it should be the the, the safest place in the in the universe. Yeah. Instead, it is the most damaged. <laughs> Earth is a safer place to be even with all it's crap going on than Oa because Oa is constantly being hit in the face um, but Recharge is important because it introduces a lot of great characters like uh, Serenic Natu yes. Uh, now I can't remember their names but there was that uh, Thanagarian and Ismaq uh, Hall and yeah uh, I can't think of that one uh, what's the dude's name Ismaq was, was a lizard yeah it's not as important but I mean there was a Thanagarian and Iranian and they were a great odd couple uh, especially when uh, later I forget who wrote it but uh, the guy who actually wrote Green Lantern Corps for a while before Tomasi came on board Uh, Gibbons no it was Gibbons who wrote it okay I guess I was wrong it was Gibbons I don't think of him as a writer I think oh. an artist. That's why. Okay. Um, but anyway,s that was a great ancillary book. That I mean, it it told a lot of really. It, it took advantage of. It was less of a superhero book and it was more of a cop book, yep. especially in the first two years. Absolutely. It was much more of like an organization and seeing how the organization actually functioned, especially in the Sinester Core War, because you actually have them carrying out ele- like elements of a war, um, which is really cool. And whereas, as much as I liked Green Lantern, it was a superhero book more so than a, an interstellar cop book. Um, obviously, later on, as the run would progress, he does get more involved in the the, the larger ideas of the other other cores uh, as opposed to just being an Earth-based superhero. But the first two years were more of that. Um, he spent a lot of time on Earth. Uh, a lot of it was good, again, after one year later happened. Just not before that. I'm, I'm well, such I, a big base there.
1: The, the idea probably was, in my estimation, that he didn't want to throw too much at you too fast he just brought Hal back let's give him some simple grounded earthbound stories let's not oh yeah blow i just this
0: up. i agree they they were just boring like I, I agree i think he achieved that i think he did start to try and give Hal a bit of a life but the problem is with a lot of the dc characters they don't really have civilian lives are they They've never know really. superheroes do really well i well marvels do more so I mean, like, there, there, there have been Captain America elements where he's actually been more of a civilian. He's got enough people around him, or at least he does things that are non-Avengers, and it doesn't just feel like he's Captain America, he's still Steve Rogers having adventures. Same as said. of, well, Spider-Man obviously is the biggest example because he actually has a solo life. Um, whereas in DC, it just feels like there's less attention usually given. I mean, with Hal, he's got Carol Ferris, and he's got uh, Thomas Kalamaku, and that's usually it. And then he's got the other Lantern Corps, but that's all affiliated with him being a superhero or being a space cop in this case, whereas it, there's not as much to ground him as a character. So trying to give him a family in Coast City, it's valiant attempt, but it's really tough because no one cares. I mean, DC, I think they've always been wired a different way. Not in a bad way, per se, but it just... You don't really care as much about Hal being Hal. You care about Hal being Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Spider-Man, I could read a lot of just Peter Parker being Peter Parker. True, um, and, and that's part of the fun. And there's a lot of things going on in his life, and I usually really like his supporting cast. It's very there's a lot of depth to it, a lot of uh, various types of characters, and a lot of lot of variety. You don't usually get that as much with with DC. It's a it's a generalization to be fair, and it's not always fair, but a lot of times it is. So, this your point. I don't disagree. And I just I agree. They tried to ground the character and give you a sense of this is who he is. You're giving him a status quo that, you know, his superior at Edwards kinda of knows these Green Lantern and that's the only reason he's putting up with them. It just felt very contrived because he was trying so hard to give him a civilian life and a civilian girlfriend, or uh, you know, a prospect that wasn't tied to having been a Star Sapphire. And it's just like everyone knows he's going to be with Carol Ferris. That's his lowest lane. Like it, it's been like 50 years, and it's always going to be Carol Ferris. Doesn't matter how much you try not to be, it's always going to be her. Yeah. So, but Jeff Jones kind of acknowledges at the end of his run. Yes, he does. And if, I, anyways, we'll get there eventually. I found that whole sequence frustrating beyond belief. <laughs> Because it's basically, okay, well, the book's over, right? Why even bother keeping the book going? Because you've given me a nice way of showing this is how it all ends, but you can't do that in comics. No. Because it's not going to happen. It's what you would like to have happen, but it's not a real thing. Anyways, I'm very outspoken about that. Please continue with your list that I keep cutting off on.
1: That's okay. Uh, We're hitting a whole bunch of points as as we go here, so it's fantastic. we we lived in a lot of positives, actually, which is good. Um, One thing that we did not like, the Alpha
0: Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, I did not like that at all. I blame um, Morrison entirely. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's where it came from, right? It was Final Crisis was happening, yeah. So they wanted to have the, the Alpha Lanterns, although again, there's no real need for them at all. No, ha- no the concept, the idea of having a core that polices the core, not a bad one. It's basically internal affairs.
1: Absolutely
0: great yeah, the military police, right? Now. Yeah, so that makes sense. I mean, uh, why not? I just feel like they never. They did a lot. Of, it seemed like they put a little. Uh, I'm not speaking well. They tried to put effort into building this weird kind of construct. Of, it's kind of a half Manhunter. Half hair, half, half Green Core Lantern, member. Which yeah. is not a bad idea. Uh, again, there's a lot, it, the concept is not flawed. It's the execution of it. And again, I think that's the, uh, the problem with a lot of the Green Lantern stuff when there is a problem with it, is that it's not so much that there was an actual issue with the concepts that they had in mind. It was more how they pulled it all off or didn't pull it off as the case might be. So with the Alpha Lanterns, I don't think we ever really got a sense of who they really were or what they could do. And, And when they finally did try to develop that, they quickly took it away in order to destroy them. And... By then it just felt like, what was the point? Like, it felt like they were trying to add a spoke to the Green Lantern mythos. That was going to be enduring, but then they did nothing with it. No. And they didn't use them half the time, and when they did, they didn't really know how to use them. So yeah. what was the and point? Yeah, they, they were relegated to the, the subsidiary books. They were never really using
1: Green Lantern, per se.
0: Yeah, although they were introduced there. Yeah, they were introduced there. And then, they, yeah, they were never yeah. really addressed again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the Everybody's point was. were was kind of there, and you weren't sure if they were good guys or bad
1: guys, and they're always, you know oh, we saw this happen, that's the letter of the law, You can't prove us Which, again, lies. not I mean, a bad
0: idea, because that's basically internal affairs, and that's cool. That's an interesting element, especially when you have a cowboy like Hal Jordan. Like, There's a reason why people don't always look at the Green Lantern Corps as being the greatest police organization, because you have a cowboy running around doing whatever he wants most of the time. And then you have Guy Gardner, who's the same thing, but, but more of a redneck version of it. So, <laughs> usually. so I, You know what I mean? Like, It just seems like an odd distinction so it's cool to have this idea of have them kind of policing the police but then to never really expand upon that well enough it's a, it's a shame it's lost story potential and by the time they were gone i was like thank goodness because no one wanted them around anyway i agree um they took a few characters that uh one character i guess it was in a bodica yeah and they ruined her for no reason is she still around i don't even know i don't know anymore like i feel like the last two years of green lantern books i bit of a blur a big a green blur, blur. A green blur, yeah. <laughs> like it used to, they used to all matter, and I felt like I was really excited about reading each book. And then it got to the point where I didn't as much, especially because for a lot of times in the last you know, two months, I'm sorry, two years, uh, they would have like three books come out all out at once. I don't know why. There's there some scheduling issues a few times. So you can't have three Green Lantern books coming out in one week. You need to have them, the whole. You have three books. That's one Space week, two weeks, three yeah. week. Red Lanterns. Okay, put that in the fourth week. Like the whole point of that to me is that you always have a book in the franchise available. You should never be doubling up. They do this with Batman and Superman all the time. More so with Batman because he has 800 books. books. Yeah, yeah, but they don't even try sometimes because there'll be a week where there's no Batman book and the next <laughs> one there's like three. And it's like seriously, guys, like is no one working on on scheduling? Anyways, it's frustrating. You digress. <laughs> I digress tons. This is the digression show. Yeah. I should have called it t- comic digression. <laughs> True, eh? Uh, yeah, Outlanders were were a bit of a flop. Uh, what's what's your two cents on Simon Baz? Simon Baz, um, a lot of it. It's hard not to view it as being racist. Or uh, when he was first introduced, it just felt like he was playing against uh, certain stereotypes. But I get what he was trying to go for other than that i'm cool with him i actually i i just want him to have time to grow as a character and he doesn't really have a place to do that that's the problem i think with the character they brought him in at, a, they brought him in at a weird point because they had a weird crescendo in the storyline with Hal. so then they bring in Simon baz but then at the same time you have this wrath of not sorry not wrath you have the rise of the third army kind of happening kind of not because it's not really an event but it kind of is and then you have wrath of the first lantern so you never really have a time for, to just kind of breathe and have a good Simon Baz story to really get introduced to him. You kind of do, but it's always him versus other people or other people are trying to be dicks to him or trying to be like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, like, you know, you never really got to have this is Simon Baz exploring his own abilities and what he can do. And then you have a little bit of inklings that somehow he's better than a lot of others because he can make the ring do things that other people can't. Which is, there's no reason given for that. We're just meant to accept that it's happened. We've seen it happen, but we don't know why. And and now he's not even in any of the books because now he's just in Justice League of America, where he's not going to have any time to, to you know progress as a character. I just don't get it. Yeah, see, I, I thought he was a huge fan. He
1: was a waste of everything to me, and I don't mean to be. it 's it's going to sound terrible, but. You know, you have the whole thing with Miles Morales over on Marvel, right? Yeah. Um, and you can do that because it's the Ultimate Universe. You can take a top-tier superhero and make him a minority person, right? Why can't
0: you do that with the Green Lantern, though? Why but, has there never been? You you can't, why has there never been a human female? Ever. It's always been human men. Well, you Arisa, uh, She's human, not... Again, she's humanoid. There's been a lot of female, you know, hu- weird humanoids, but not actually... Like, like actual okay, but human. look,
1: you already have four Earth Green Lanterns, yeah. right? And which I, th- I think it mentioned somewhere it was explained why at some point I don't know why it was ever well um, isn't it? it's because
0: it's, it, it's a it's a pretty big Earth is a big deal basically yeah and if you mess with Earth that's bad because of the time stream stuff isn't that in Final Crisis like Earth was like kind of the crux
1: so, Or it's in Brightest Day or so, it's in something it oh yeah Brightest there, Day there that, that's another reason because
0: there's the the white energy of, of life and creation boy so, <laughs> we'll get there um I
1: hope not <laughs> So okay, but you have these four lanterns, right? So you throw in a fifth one, and you can say yes, this fifth one is technically a replacement because Hal Jordan had died, right? Yeah. But in the end, you know Hal Jordan's not being removed from from the map, so no. um, you, just, you don't need this weird. Cause you, you can't have, you know, a Muslim man, Batman, yeah, Wonder Woman, Flash. Why not Flash? Maybe Flash.
0: Someone with a connection to the Speed Force is really all you need. Fine, okay, but they're Aquaman. Then. He and, could be anything. He could be any race too. There's no like, there's no. He has to be half Atlantean. They are all, and Atlanteans aren't
1: white. Fine, but there's like certain market characters you well, couldn't do it to. So you kind of do it with Green Lantern. Okay. I just felt he was just uh, a response character, right? He's oh. a character they had to do because this it's a big thing right now to have these minority characters in mainstream comics Interesting. right now. So I you never ta- thought of it that way, yeah? So you take, you know, Green Lantern, who's a huge property right now, throw this character in there. Um and you're
0: right he seemed lost in in the sea of what's going on. I do think he needed to exist in a time when it wasn't a lot of crossovers and a lot of them trying to build up to something else happening. Right. Um and again having him kind of appear at the tail end of a you know you have this big Hal Jordan story and then everyone's wondering well what's up with Hal and Sinestro and then you have someone else getting the ring. There's a lot of potential there. I didn't. I, I personally never thought of it as a response to Miles Morales. I can see why you'd think that. Um, that actually never even occurred to me. Okay. Because, mainly because they've been. I mean, they've been trying for the last five years to integrate more minorities in, in, into DC. So I, I, I didn't think of it as a response. I just thought of it, yeah, okay, why not? Like, it, they wanted a different type of Green Lantern. They wanted to have a different type of background so that he'd interact in a different way. And again, in the New Fifty Two DCU. Like pre-New 52 the DC universe was much more welcoming of superheroes in general whereas in the New 52 that's not the case anymore Right, the world is much it's more like the, in the Man of Steel have you seen the Man of Steel movie yes. yet it's more of that kind of you know dis, there's a lot of distrust Uh, no one really the Justice League is adored but the government doesn't trust them at all whereas in the new pre-new 52 they had blanche to do whatever they wanted basically I mean everyone loved superheroes that was the fundamental difference between DC and Marvel was that Marvel's heroes were you know hated and feared a lot of times or they didn't always treat them yeah but even the Avengers yeah but a lot of times there's a lot of issues with that and people weren't sure what to you know they'd have Namor would join the Avengers and they'd be like oh my god he let a terrorist onto the team he's destroyed things like there's been a lot of people don't trust them the same way that justice the justice league is adored and absolutely loved uh there's never really been any issue with them and now they're not trusted at all um so the idea of, of having a green lantern who the government doesn't trust at all and aren't the, the military is really uncertain of and so is the justice league i'm okay with that like it again there's a lot of concepts that are really good here but maybe not carried out the best way um, I don't know and I, I want him to I want him to be able to be an interesting character I like that they address why he has a gun on him um, well everyone made fun of it online and even they make a
1: point to put into a story and yeah. goes why you pack a gun for you idiot You're most powerful in the universe well it makes sense this so- is why
0: I shoot you in the face that's one reason. but it's also the, the idea too that like you 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 don't know how long this magic power ring is gonna work. Like,
1: yeah, but dude, you're on an alien planet. and Your power ring is out. Your little Colt 45 with 12 bolts is gonna stop an alien. Yeah, and, but yeah, you know what?
0: Out. Who cares? Like, uh, sometimes, like if, if there's a, if there's a bunch of intruders in your house, maybe this baseball bat will not be that helpful if they have guns. But I'm still gonna wield the baseball bat, or like anything I can get, like even a miniature little bat that's barely gonna hurt anybody is something. It's some sort of protection when you don't feel safe. Does that makes sense oh, I don't,
1: having the muslim g l packing just seems you're not helping your case at all
0: i i, I disagree i just I I, I I guess i don't see that part my I, I don't see my world that way my 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 world's just shades of green <laughs> shades
1: of green
0: uh so what else is on your list? So Simon Baz. Yeah, not the, a huge fan. Not a fan of the best. Have you read any of Justice League of America? Not an issue. I don't know. No, not a word. No. Not anything. No. It's um, it's it's its own thing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's something. Um, it's very much a response of you know we don't know what to make of the Justice League. We don't trust them, so we're gonna make a team. We're gonna call it the Justice League of America. It only seems weird because there was Justice League International, which was in no way affiliated with the regular Justice League, and. No, no one kind of pretends That they exist anymore At this point Like they're just Forgetting that happened So now there's Justice League of America Who they're like The public's darlings But really the whole pur- Purpose of them existing Is to take that Into the Justice League Yeah because each person Is a countermeasure More or less yeah. yeah They're trying to develop Countermeasures for each Member of the team And now with the Trinity War Which just started this past week That's where they're going With that so, uh, but it feels really fast because you have like th- what, four issues of Justice of America. They barely do any, like do not do anything against the secret society, and then uh, the you know the Trinity War has to start. So like, well, we have to get the team ready. So like, oh, we're ready to take on the big guns, even after our after our our last fight, we're ready. And I'm like, you guys got your ass kicked for half the fight against like a bunch of no name losers, and now you're ready for the A team. Like that's horrible. Like that's like. I don't know. that's, that's like you, you play hockey on the weekends. You're gonna. It's like you going up against another team. You losing and saying we're ready for the Leafs. Yeah. Ready yeah. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We can take them on. No, you're not ready yet. So who's the current Green Lantern on Justice League? Justice League? Yeah. The... There isn't one. There isn't one. No. Okay. Because, well, actually, is there? <laughs> I don't even know now. Because how left? Because Baz is on America. Yes. There's no one on Dark. No, and Hal and, and resigned and left for space, and he had other things to do. Right. Obviously. Yes. Much more important, like die. <laughs> like, basically, he left and he died, and now he's back. I don't think he's in Justice League yet. So they don't really have a Green Lantern right now. Hmm. Well, I'm sure someone's coming back
1: for sure, whether it's John or Guy or somebody. Uh,
0: I'll check while, while you're looking at your list, okay. and we're going forward.
1: Well, right? okay, with, with the great success that was the Green Lantern as a franchise, yes. um, we were treated to the movie.
0: Yes, in the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you figure with all the great work they did and DC's very good about having their fingers entrenched in whatever their characters are involved in. They do it okay. with card games, they do it with hero clicks, they do it with um, any source of medium. They really like to take care the characters, make sure they're well done. And you had a lot of key people who do the comic books <laughs> yeah. in this. Yes, they did. And my God. Yeah. How the- did they make that mess? With all the the Man, like you had such good things going, there's so much good stuff. You could have just kept what you're doing in the comic well, books, I think, and tr- translate
0: to the screen. And yeah. they, well, part of it's that, it. part of it's that they wanted to do too much, they, they put a lot in there when they could have put a lot less. Um, they, it felt like you know, we don't know if we're gonna get a second chance at this, so we're gonna do it all, and that's not good. Um, I think a lot like it just they they and like there's no need to bring in a character like Parallax, um, at all. Like you don't need to go full hog on something and also have uh, Hector Hammond, but a weird version of Hector Hammond, which is influenced by Parallax. Like I don't know. I guess they wanted it to seem like a really big threat, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, it could just be this is Hal and Sinestro as a buddy cop. Like that's that's all you need for a movie. The problem is they want to do all these things. It's kind of like, um, oh, I can't even think. It's kind of like uh, with a lot of these characters, like you're, like even with Cap America, you want to get him to a point where he's with the Avengers because that's when he's more interesting. Is when he's a man out of time. But you have to do the first part first. It's like with most of his movies, they have to trudge through the origin to get to the good part. Right. Well, with Green Lantern, you, the, some of the best parts are him versus Sinestro, but you can't get there until you have a sense of them being a partnership in some way. So you kind of need to, to take your time and have the, that character be able to develop. Now they obviously had Sinestro turn into you know, the evil version of Sinestro at the end of that movie, but it wasn't earned. It didn't feel no. like it made sense. There was no reason for the, the character as no. presented to even tap into that energy. Like It just felt like there was a lot of good ideas in there, but they should have just made it a simpler story. They, they tried to cram in too much, make it too complicated, and make it too dark. Uh, it's interesting that all the Marvel movies, especially the Marvel Studios ones, generally speaking, have a lot of levity to them. Uh, even like Captain America is a World War Two movie and there's a, a great sense of optimism and fun in there even though he, he's fighting like, a war it's still fun Iron Man well obviously it's a huge Absolutely. sense of humor it's anchored by uh, Robert Downey Jr. Even Thor, a lot of sense of humor, and that was their way of... How do we make a god work on Earth? Like, this is a really tough thing to do, and they make it, like, it's it's fantastical, and it's this epic scope, but when he's on Earth, it's a bit of a comedy, and you're watching a different type of movie, but it grounds it more, and so, whereas with... You have Batman, which is extremely dark. Uh, Man of Steel, there's no sense of fun in there, really. I mean, it's so about being this dark, brooding, more realistic movie. It's okay to have some fun, And Green Lantern had a little bit of that, and I think if they'd let it tap more into having fun, it might have been a more enjoyable movie. It would have felt a little bit lighter, and when it did a little bit of its sillier stuff, you wouldn't immediately be thrust into a dark scene. Instead, you would have been able to enjoy the lightness. This is a character who shines bright. Why make him dark? I don't get it. You know, he's Green Lantern. Like, a green is not a dark color normally. I mean, it's usually quite bright and adventurous and exciting. It's just... You have these great characters that are so exciting. Like Superman is this bright blue Boy Scout, but you make you take all the blue out of his costume and make it as dark as possible for the movie. Batman, you're allowed to make him as dark as you want because he's Batman, (laughs) but you can't make everyone Batman. Anyways, and I feel like they were trying to do a little bit of a Batman to Green Lantern, not as much as what they did to Superman. No, that was a big like that is that is a Batman version, but. Anyway, I think that's the problem with the movie. They tried to do too much well, that, as if they were never going to get another chance. I guess. It was incredibly fake, too. Like the whole movie felt like a big
1: set, green screen crap. What else like, did you expect, though? Because that's kind of what you have to do with that character. Okay, but look. Look at Superman, right? Yeah. There were tons of crazy special effects, but it was, it was very,
0: very well done. It was on Earth, though, most right. of the time. and Or destroying cities. Um, whereas with with Green Lantern, it's it, 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 to work best. He's in space. He's doing the thing. Now, granted, you don't need and even it to even when be... he was on Earth. Like even like when he's in Carol's
1: office, it felt like a really crappy done movie set. When he's in that little lab, it's all so crappy. So it went back. 15 different times to try and tweak the special effects I and mean, yeah. they, they just couldn't get it right the casting was horrendous Carol was the worst characterization I've ever
0: seen oh well not in the characterization just the, the actress, actress she's and not a good Reynolds
1: was not I, I like the guy but he's not being the answer he's not Hal Jordan
0: no well there are certain parts of the movie where I could see he was really trying to be Hal Jordan and I almost felt it but it wasn't quite there but no he, he well for the longest time he was rumored to be the Flash and that would have made sense he could be Wally He's he could be he could be joking he could be Kyle Rayner and I'd have more less of a problem he yeah, could be maybe. he could stumble out of a bar and run into a little blue Smurf who gives him a a power <laughs> ring I would totally see that that seems like a like a, that that seems more his speed he yes. could be Kyle Rayner he's not Hal Jordan, Jordan. No. I mean everyone wanted Nathan Fillion and for good reason and he would have been a good choice because he just looks more like yeah i don't know he he's done the western thing right and basically green lanterns he is times, a space cowboy, right? has been a space cowboy yeah. so who better than you know and he's done the voice that's the, I the series i know everyone's like he could be great <laughs> so they let him keep doing the voice and i'm like man like just let him do the movie well,
1: if they do the relaunch for just League, like, who knows but i don't know he's
0: he's almost not that he's too yeah, big but he's a little bigger than they probably yeah, he's chunked before. out a bit
1: in castle i noticed yeah He's what? He's chunked
0: out a bit in Castle. I've noticed. Oh, uh, that's not even what I was going to refer to. Oh. You no, know, just I mean, as big as a character, like as an actor. Like he's not maybe as big a name. Not who was like, the guy who played Superman just recently? Who was that guy? Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Don't. That yeah. Nothing. Well, that's that because nothing. they had to spend like two hundred million on like, i blowing up cities, so they they had to scale <laughs> collateral them. damage. That movie's insane for Superman though. I mean, he's a character. He's one of those uh, characters that you kind of need an unknown. Uh, if you have someone who's too known, I think it, it gets distracting. Um, I mean yeah I mean that's why you have um, uh, Reeve um, he was good because he was an unknown he wasn't anybody like if you go with a name on someone like Superman I think you feel like it's that person playing Superman as opposed to that person is Superman uh, or you have a Christian Bale moment where he's good until he opens his mouth as Batman. well yeah <laughs> like how many marbles are in your mouth and how angry are you about it Like, like what did they shove in your mouth before you did this yeah, he had the worst Batman voice ever. Well, it's it wasn't even a voice; it was just a growl. Like, yeah. I mean, it, 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 what kills me is that you have some of the best voice talent for anything DC related. Like, usually their voice talent is amazing on anything they do that's animated, but they cannot get the, like if only those guys could actually be those characters, um, especially when you have people doing. You know, uh, alter ego roles like Batman where you have to be able to successfully make me believe that you are these two different people and just growling at everyone is not a way of doing it whereas you have Conroy as the best Batman voice and it's because he has a Batman voice and a Bruce Wayne voice and you're like they're both coming from the same guy but if you heard this voice you would not immediately think it was the other guy and he's such I mean Batman is uh, well it's two things he's a ventriloquist because he can throw his voice Uh, and he's also uh, you know a voice artist he can do a lot of different voices. He can be uh, Matches Malone and have his own totally different way of speaking, and or he can be Bruce Wayne, this foppish playboy, or he can be a guy who makes everyone but Green Lantern scared. Like, that's just who he is. But we don't really get to see that in the movies. And it's a giant uh, digression. <laughs> Please bring me back on point. Please give us okay. a, somewhere to go. Uh, the, the era yeah.
1: obviously didn't get vastly affected by E52.
0: More or less. Right? cuz it really Although, couldn't, right? all that's past technically speaking doesn't make any sense. Like if you actually go back and read the stories, a lot of them can't exist in the new 52. Oh, I know. But There's... we're not supposed to believe, like think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just supposed to, to just accept close our eyes and, and, and just deal. accept that some something very similar but not quite yeah. happened. So without getting into those nitty-gritty
1: details okay obviously which right? is my favorite thing to do but okay <laughs> you're taking away my bread and butter i am unfortunately but how do you feel like there were a few changes i, I think the guardians became much more coco loco after to do happen like they, they went to uh, kind of shady to full-on mental cases oh full-on evil they're
0: lobotomizing ganteth yeah they're doing all sorts they, of shady that, shit
1: that was the biggest change i, I saw in them afterwards yeah um uh, but do you, do you feel that you liked What was happening pre?
0: No I had I stopped oh, The War of the Lanterns really Is where I guess my jumping off point And really caring. Uh, I think the last big thing I really loved About Green Lanterns was The Blackest Night okay. well, Maybe not loved but at least appreciated It went on too long but it still had something to do Whereas after that, you had some odd periods that afterwards that eventually led up to the War of the Lanterns. Yes. And that I didn't care for. Okay. And I was already kind of checking out mentally. And then when then, and this is the weird thing about when they were leading up to the New Fifty Two, we know the New Fifty Two is happening. You get to the War of the Lanterns, you have the aftermath issue, and how Jordan no longer is a Green Lantern, and you're like, what? Like, the, the New 52 is about to sweep in, and, and, and for most most of the, most characters, is going to reset the deck, make it very new reader-friendly, but nope, Green Lantern's going to have Sinestro as Green Lantern, and Hal Jordan's stuck on Earth. What? Like, I, I, it just didn't make sense, it very much emphasized the fact that we are not rebooting Green Lantern. We are just moving forward. Everyone else is, but this is staying the same, which right. doesn't make a lot of sense. Everything else is fundamentally changing. Exactly. Uh, except for Batman and Green Lantern. And it just it doesn't make any sense. Like how do how can you reconcile this? How can this make sense? And from a new reader perspective, if you pick up Green Lantern, you're not gonna know what the hell is going on. Absolutely. Who's Sinestro? Like, well, I know Sinestro from the movie. I don't know why it's a big deal that he's a Green Lantern again because isn't he already? Oh wait, at the end of the movie he put on that ring. What? <laughs> I'm cross-eyed now. I don't understand. Like, yeah. I mean, granted, very, very job. I mean, and a lot of people talk about like the fact that, you know, a lot of people don't, there aren't new readers, but, I've read a lot of stories online and I've read a lot of like, people talking about I got into something as a result of the New 52. So it did work. It did happen. It brought new people in. But I can't imagine new people having really understood Green Lantern because it's dense. You're basically reading Green Lantern 60-something. and You
1: are, for sure. And it's, an,
0: it's not a 60-something that's designed for an entry point either. Yeah. It's like 60-something and it's part 66. Like, this is very dense. Yeah, because it still
1: is working off all that groundwork that was laid ahead of time.
0: Which is good right. that it is, and good that it didn't have to throw it all away, but at the same time, like, what? Like, cause even with the Batman, like, Snyder's
1: stuff, when you pick up the first issue, it was still yeah. very accessible. Oh, very right? accessible. Like, I think, and like we had in the previous podcast, he nailed it with Aquaman. Oh, yeah. I, I loved how that was the pr- that
0: was the textbook in 52. You care about Aquaman dirt. now. Yeah, Did exactly. you care about Aquaman before? No. You, you saw a bit of him in Blackest Night and Brightest Day, you yeah. did not care about him. No. Um, actually, he had a lot of play in Brightest Day, and... I didn't really care for that but again but then you have the new 52 i guess technically aquaman is a character who when he started almost felt like his continuity wasn't changed because they didn't aggressive they didn't even talk about it they just kind of said mm-hmm. this is aquaman yeah. he's awesome yeah. and this is why yeah exactly but you're right it was very successful um but yeah for some reason green lantern didn't get to start off that way i think
1: it was clear that he had the road he wanted to go down and he, even though Company why they want to do this thing, which made sense for the company as a whole. They didn't want to deviate from what he was doing. So it was yeah. like right. it
0: might have been a little bit of of uh, you know hedging their bets because the new Fifty Two. I remember like when we talked about it like what two years ago now when it was first announced. We we're like, this is prop. This could have to go really big or really bad. Yeah, and by not really affecting two of their biggest franchises, Batman and Green Lantern, it's a way of insulating themselves that if it goes belly up. Green Lantern hasn't really been affected. We'll just keep going and we'll just call it something different. And everything else will kind of shift around it just like the New 52 is anyway. But we're going to be able to keep going with what we're doing. So, and if it works out, great. We're in the New 52 and maybe we'll kind of play in that that sandbox. But for the most part, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And in case we have to revert it, at least we haven't ruined this franchise. Because at this point, Green Lantern is supporting, what, two books at the time? No, three. Three. Because there was Warriors uh, and then there was Core, and then there was Core and Guardians. Well, the Guardians wasn't yet. That wasn't until after the New 52. I'm talking pre-New 52. Wasn't there just... There was Emerald Warriors, wasn't there? There was the Guy Gardner. Oh, I'm sorry. Emerald Warriors. Emerald Warriors. Yeah, because New Guardians was after the New 52. Yes, you're right. You're right. So you had three books. And so that's, at this point, like, that's... Besides, like, a a team like Justice League that's getting to be one of its bigger franchises... And it's getting a lot more recognition. So, I mean, they got to be a little bit more careful. I think maybe that's part of it. Plus, it doesn't hurt when, you know, the head of creative for the company is the one writing the book. Well, exactly. So, right. he can kind of do whatever he wants. No one's going to be like, ah, oh, Jeff. And he's like, what? I run the company. <laughs> or I run part of the company. Or I'm the idea man for the company. The really? chief creative officer. Yeah, chief creative officer. Yeah. officer yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what at what point he actually got that job. But, yeah, at the end of the day... And, and he's responsible for some of the bigger events in the last decade of DC you're probably not going to be like oh Jeff you can't do this he's probably like come on I'm writing your checks um, anyways it felt like that though yeah I agree um, uh, what about what, what do you, how do you feel about the post Blackest Night era because as I said I kind of started to not care and kind of want to jump off what was your take on that time? Uh, well, we got sucked in their brightest day, right? Yes, we did. So Exciting which, times. Yeah,
1: which is a negative for me because here's this white lantern, right? So you think it's a lantern event, but they deal with it initially at like the very first kind of issue there. And then they kind of just leave it. Yeah, you know. Oh, I can't pick it up. I can't pick it up. Can you use it? No, I can't use it. All right, fuck it. Let's just go do yeah. the next thing we're gonna do. There's even a point where I think they bump into Firestorm. Mm-hmm. I think it's Kyle and John bump into Firestorm in issue of Core. Oh yeah. And they're like, uh, "Where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna go find out what the weaponry. He's got this white lantern stuff. We're trying to get that. All right, you you go do that." And I was like. Should we maybe go help him with that maybe?
0: Nah, he he got covered. We 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 got our own shit to do. That whole era um is a blur. Like it really is a, a I guess a white blur in this case. Um Yeah. So- and it
1: led to a swamp thing and Constantine, I guess, right? Yeah. Like the whole thing was just this like he so had these Twelve characters come well twelve characters, twelve characters come back, yeah. all with their own purpose to come back, la 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 la. Are you surprised right?
0: that I don't remember any of this like anymore? Like it <laughs> no. wasn't it wasn't memorable. No,
1: it's just another one of those pointless weekly stupid things, right? I
0: like part of Writer's Day as a series. Um, there were
1: elements of it that worked. Fine. There,
0: there were elements. But
1: again, it. poor execution and how what you think would have been a big deal and, and like now Kyle had to go and meet all the cores and, and conquer the powers and now is the White Lantern somehow. Yeah. But is that in any way connect to what Swamp Thing is? With or their does? giant
0: face mask by the way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They make it look huge, yeah. like like uh... Cyclops would be put to shame. And not even like, you know, not even Cyclops in the comics. I'm talking like Cyclops in the movies where it's like massive. Yeah. Where it's like taking up his entire face and I don't even know how he can move his head. Yeah, it's like four feet I dead, feel like yeah. his neck muscles must be so strong. Like James Marsden was movie like man, like I I could I could bench press with my neck because it it just looks so uncomfortable and heavy, uh, and just looks awful.
1: So yeah, Brightest Day was a huge miss because I don't know what what was the what was the follow
0: up from that? Yeah, besides Swamp Thing,
1: that was the end of it, right? He ended up being the super guardian of the universe or whatever it was.
0: It's uh, DC like does like to make a big deal of they're bringing in characters from like Vertigo, like it matters to like people who don't care about Vertigo. Uh, like oh, okay, Constantine's there. I didn't even know it was Constantine. I, I know to, who it was. I had to look yeah. up online and be like, "Who's this guy?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Constantine." I'm well, like, it's the same right.
1: issue people probably had with who's this Anglo chick from Age of right?
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, so Marvel's just as guilty. That, yeah. that is something to point out that as much as we might harp on DC for things, Marvel does it all the time too. Yeah. They do the same shit. They they all it's funny because they'll make fun of the other person for doing something and then they'll do the exact same, same thing, thing yeah. I mean when Marvel Now was first announced everyone's like well it's just their version of the new 52 but it wasn't at all instead it was a better version it was we're relaunching a lot of our books to make them new reader friendly that's about where the similarities stopped Absolutely. because that's what DC was supposed to do everything think, still mattered and we very are clear. yeah we're relaunching a lot of our books or restarting a lot of books and with new number ones it's gonna be an easy place for you to start okay but then DC threw out everything in its history except for two main franchises Whereas with Marvel, they're like, no, everything happened, and they make a point of saying it, it, it still happened. But we're going to give you an easy spot to jump in. Some books are easier to get into than others, but for, sure. for the most part, like it was a huge success. And uh, yes, yeah, some books got canceled, and I mean that's going to happen no matter what. Not everything can work. Poor She-Hulk? Shut off. <laughs> uh, yes, my beloved She-Hulk. It just ended. It was so good too. <laughs> I bet. No, the the last arc. It looks we're like a she... her dog in a basement <sighs> roller coaster. Not this time. She's going to get her own team though. And she works for the. Uh, or... <laughs> Why is this so funny? <laughs> She's gonna get her. What's she gonna lead? She's gonna lead a team. Oh, a team of what? Um, well, we don't know exactly what, but she works for the. Uh, uh... the... She has her sword back, by the way.
1: Oh, she got her badass sword back. She, she got, got her the, the she... glowing orb. Yeah, right and, in the basement. I be-
0: and I believe she has a shield now too. <sighs> and she works for the Order of the Shield.
1: Yippee
0: Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways um, what, what else You got in your Your list of goodies Oh uh,
1: okay So Brightest Day sucks Me
0: bring it Okay good It's not that it sucks It, it was brutal
1: How aesthetics. It was a, a lantern Based thing That Became got, a DC Universe Thing instead Yeah and, and they got swept under the rug Right did, Because then Because 2 happened What was the status of that Because it must That got Wiped off the map Because then you have Kyle
0: Yeah get Eventually him, get there get his his power life. right yeah, I, I don't even know what the status quo is on the White Lantern. Like, as I said, like, the fact that they're looking for the White Lantern now, I don't even know what that means. Because I don't even know where it is or what, yeah. it, like, what it is. You're right yeah. that, I mean, at the end of the day, at times that they had so much going on, you're right, you're coming out of Brightest Day, and then you hear, oh wait, they're going to yeah. shovel their continuity away. But I just bought this 24-issue series. Why? Like, why did I buy this? Like, they keep doing these, it's, well, it's not as bad as Countdown to Final Crisis, because that was the worst. Where you had 52 issues or 51 <laughs> issues devoted Counted to nothing. counting down to something that the main writer does not care about. And like that, again, could have been great. Countdown to Final Crisis could have been an epic story. If they had in any way coordinated with the writer of the event and said, hey, what are you doing? How can we build up to this for you? Instead of, we're doing this, you want to maybe give us an idea of what you're doing? Oh, you don't? Okay, that's okay. We'll just go with it. We'll just do something, and it's just like, no, that's not how you do an event. No, that's not how you do a forty, to like fifty-one issues of a series. That's a lot of. That's a lot of commitment. A lot of crap. And they were trading off of uh, a lot of goodwill for fifty-two. That was my huge jump-off point for DC. Once
1: Final Crisis hit, I said. That- Thank, thank you, but no thank you. Stuck to my GL books, and yeah. that was it.
0: Well, they made it increasingly easier to do so because yeah. uh, ever since then, I mean, the books have become more and more insulated in a lot of ways. I mean, even Trinity War. I mean, when it was first announced, it sounded like it was going to be universe spanning, and now it's basically three titles: it's Justice League of America, Justice League Dark. I don't know how they play into it, and Justice League, and that's it. And then that's there's okay. well, I'm, I'm not upset about it from a, you know the terms of a storyline. It's just it's interesting that they keep downgrading things now. Like, they can't do universes they don't know how to operate anymore I think they just have a major issue with editorial like keep have you heard what they're doing in September with uh, forever evil it's villains month at dc I've
1: heard, I haven't read anything in great detail I know I've heard rumblings I know it's a villain's month yeah and all the covers are all bad guys sure did you
0: did you see the actual solicitations though no they still have I think still 52 books but um most of the books aren't aren't, aren't running at all and a lot of the books have point one point two point three point four instead i don't so, follow well for example but instead
1: of four issues in a month in the same book
0: of action comics like for action comics will have you know i think it's what 24.1.2.3.4 instead and then instead which will replace action comics which would regularly publish and three other books that aren't action comics like there's some books that will not be represented at all during that month like you you won't so have just so
1: they can release the two books that month they're having these points kind
0: of yeah so there's a lot of books that like that, that there aren't publishing any issues at all. Um, okay. But there but there's other books where they're publishing a bunch. And
1: so if I collect action
0: comics, yes, issue four will be in four points. For you, example, there are four issues coming out. They're all separate. They're all their own. They're all, they're all a different villain.
1: Okay. But
0: they're giving you four issues that month. So if you buy every Batman book, for example, uh, you might on. be like, let's <laughs> say you bought what like, the four or five Batman books, you might end up having to buy sixteen to twenty books now theoretically and i think there's like i'm a flash buyer i have to buy four issues of flash that month if i want to if i want to read each villain spotlight
1: okay does not that sound messy why not just have me a spotlight one shot issue as opposed to being in the numerical order of that book
0: i agree um well they did this a few years ago with faces of evil do you remember that no it was right around i think it was in the lead up to final crisis um, they had Faces of Evil and there was a month where every issue would focus on a bad guy again it's very similar but it would retain the regular numbering of that book so it was just and, but it was only about that yeah it was they do this a lot do you not know this about DC that's so why I don't bother no well anyways, it's going to be a weird month because a, a lot of these books like the, the regular stories are, are a lot of the issues are not being written by the regular creative teams actually almost oh, none that's bad too. almost none of them are um, so a lot of retailers don't even know how to order because like most of them are being written by other artists and other writers and so no one knows really what to expect from them because like they're but not But they really essentially are
1: one shots for these villain spotlights is what you're That's saying. That's all they are, yeah. Okay.
0: So I feel like it's going to be again a so, big miss or a big hit. Yeah,
1: I think it will be based on the villains, right? Yeah, but at the same like, time Do you like, dig Luther? Do you dig Lobo? Do you dig... As a
0: retailer, how do you, how do you the plan ropes? for that? You can't. You, you know, like, how, how do you? Yeah, know, you have,
1: like, I have to go popular the villain. No one's going to buy who's a b-list villain
0: who isn't a b-list villain <laughs> i mean uh, i don't know let's say tattooed man let's go okay there. if he
1: has an issue yeah you're probably not gonna do that versus but, the
0: Bruce luther issue what are you expect? like again if it's green lantern 23.5 or again 24.5 uh three sorry um Am I? Get, are you planning that? Well, yes. People may not want Tattooed Man, but they're going to want to have a complete run of Green Lantern, and they won't if they miss this issue. So, like, are you banking on that? I guess for the core core
1: books, fine. Like for New Guardians, Red Lanterns, yada yada. If those are even being released that month, you're saying not everyone's getting. Their we're going to take a quick results, break. Right? The
0: reader's not. The listener's not going to know this. But we're going to take a <laughs> quick break. I'm going to show you the solicits, and then we'll be back. Yeah, and then in uh, the face. Holy moly! I know it, it's a. It's I can't believe they're doing it and we're back although to the listener we were never gone um, so we just took a look at these September solicitations for Forever Evil just because Paul hadn't been able to fully experience it yet uh, one thing I'd forgotten to mention before that every single issue will have a, a motion, a what, 3D motion cover and it will be $4 It's very 90s eh? it's very 90s but it's also it's kind of dangerous when every single book in your lineup is going to be $4 that's insane Like they obviously want to up revenues I guess but like I feel like there's less chance of me wanting to maybe buy another one shot like basically what is ostensibly a one shot about a villain if it's four dollars like I mean, maybe most Marvel
1: for, books are four bucks like
0: guess I'll bet for a random one shot that that's my problem maybe hit or miss yeah you're right that being said one shots usually are priced a little bit higher but when every single book that month is basically a one shot like you've got 52 one shots and, and a lot of them aren't necessarily written by the regular writers although they are written by maybe good writers but not by the regular writers you're not even guaranteed that it's going to lead to anything or it's even going to matter well, and some of these stories are past stories like the Joker one is supposed to be like a, a hidden story so it's not even a current story wow. so what does it matter right so like why am I going to buy any of these issues and, and they're $4 just for a gimmick I guess what they're trying to do is you can't have your all your core writers
1: write four books of their title so no, give these new, fresh people a shot at doing something random, and if it works, great, you have a, a job down the line, who knows, I don't know.
0: I guess, but, or you could just, you know, if you need to tell, you could do what they did in Faces of Evil, where, you know, t- this month it's going to be about a villain, but you can have the regular writer and artist just do their own book. Whereas you don't need each book to have, you know, I, I need Batman one point one point two point three and point four, but I'm not going to give Nightwing one, so it's just, it's very odd. It's not a choice. It is not a choice. It's a, it's a risky business practice. And again, if, as a retailer, how do you know what to stock? Because people are, a lot of people are breaking away from the old collector mentality. Because if the book isn't isn't worth it, then they'll walk away from it. I mean, I do that more and more all the time. Uh, if I don't enjoy a book anymore, well, then I'm going to have to walk away. Um, I remember the first few times I did that, like a, maybe eight or nine years ago, it was hard. Like, leaving Uncanny X-Men was hard. Because I have had a nice you know since i'd started buying comics i'd, I'd bought uncanny x-men I had a nice unbroken run and i was like i can't do this to myself this is like torture got bad and i and i bought it longer than i should have and though to be fair it only got a lot worse so it still wasn't like i wasn't there you at the missed anything yeah yeah like I, I i remember i dropped out around 405 for uncanny x-men it was before it got a little anime-ish and before it got, like, really bad, like... And I remember I peeked in for, like, the 25-cent issue, and that was like, whoa! I don't <laughs> want to go back to this at all. Um, yeah. And it was back to Green Lantern, the, yes. the reason why we're here. Okay, let's go on a
1: nice positive thing. There were, um, there are blips of it here and there. They really bring it together towards the end, post-E52. But the dynamic between Hal and Sinestro mm-hmm. is very strong, ongoing theme through the era. Yes, And how era. you have... Um, them be hardcore enemies and actually their throats and trying to destroy everything with the, the core war and then coming back and, and almost having that buddy cop mentality again and being kind of partners and uh, eventually learning that there, there was always a mutual respect for another even though they were hated enemies mm-hmm. you know in the end and
0: I think actually just in general Sinestro is one of the, the characters who most benefited from Jeff Johns touch because Jeff Johns is great on villains he knows how to write a good villain, and uh, he really gave Sinestro a new life, because a lot of times, people would make fun of Sinestro, because as much as he was Hal's biggest villain and most important villain, he's kind of goofy looking. Uh, the big egghead, yeah. He's got the head, he's got the mustache, and he's got that weird jumpsuit he's wearing, and, uh, and nowadays, you think of him as in the Sinestro Corps outfit, like, that is has become, that is what Sinestro looks like, when yes. you have him in places, people can't wait to get him in that costume. Uh, that is his most defining look now, which is actually a pretty big statement because for years he'd had the old outfit, which kind of looks silly. Very and silly. and it looks like very much like a Silver Age outfit. And they took it away and they gave him a more military-looking outfit that's a nice callback to his past as a Green Lantern. And like Sinestro was immensely more interesting now than he ever was before. Um, I mean, and and you even get to see this progress through the run because you read. Rebirth, and he's not the Sinestro you're used to yet. He's he's getting there. He's not quite as the badass uh, that he'll become. But then the Sinestro Corps, he really becomes this this leader. And then uh, one of my favorite moments of the Sinestro Corps war is when uh, he they they take the power out of his ring, and he, and he just takes on both Kyle and Hal at the same time it's in a physical hands. battle. That's badass. Cool. Because before you don't usually think of him as being that physical a threat. The only real thing physical thing he ever did was have a fist fight with Hal Jordan. And by which at the end, Hal Jordan snapped his neck. But that was really as physical as he ever got. So seeing him hold his own against these two fit guys and really beat the crap out of them, like they're all they're giving and taking an equal measure, was a really big step for the character.
1: It worked well. Not that Hal or Kyle are really good hand to hand combatants.
0: Yes, but the they're also they're two they're two guys who should be able to do some damage. Sure. And the fact that this guy who's usually thought of as being a bit of a physical joke was he able to really step up and, and take a well, on? He had under under him on, on his on his team
1: the Cyber Trooper Man, Superboy Prime, and the anti monitor. Like why That's not? That's true, yeah. <laughs>
0: like the Guardian of Fear. Yeah. It was uh, insane. Yeah, I remember I remember that first issue of the uh, of the that started the synestrical War. I, I feel like unfortunately it feels like sometimes nothing else good happened. I mean a lot of good things happen in the run, but it's hard to to not just keep talking about Sinestro Core War,
1: it is the key piece, the centerpiece of the whole thing.
0: For it sure, it really is. Like it's just, it's so good. It's so the the highlight of the era. Like he's done so much good work, but that's the stuff that was the best. Um, yeah, and I'm just I'm just looking through it again, and the Anti Monitor was pretty awesome too. <laughs> uh, but I remember that that first story, that first one shot though, at the very end when you get to it and you see uh, the Anti Monitor there, that, that was such a crazy moment because you don't expect it. Um, You don't expect that... Was it a bit
1: much overkill, though? Like, this is a character at one moment that was about to destroy the entire DC universe, like every single hero, to take it down. Mm -hmm. But now it's just in this little Green Lantern story.
0: Uh, I didn't think so. I thought it was... No, I thought it... You know what? That's how you knew... I I don't know. For me, I just thought it was so badass, that entire thing. Because when you got to the end of that special and you have... Sinestro, and you have um, Kyle's Parallax, and you have them bowing before the Anti-Monitor, and then you have the uh, Superboy Prime, who's amped up with the Anti-Monitor armor that Mm -hmm. helps him soup himself up, and you also have Cyborg Superman putting himself back together and having the uh, Sinestro rings. It's no, it wasn't too much. It was exactly right. It felt yes, this is a character who the Anti-Monitor, who used to be like the the most scariest thing in the world uh, because he was the, the cause of Crisis and Infinite Earths. Uh, I didn't think this diminished him at all. I just thought it just made the whole thing feel more real and felt like feel the the scope was much more epic than you realized yeah. like you thought it was already going to be pretty awesome and then you get to the end there and you're like holy, holy shit, shit this is yeah. a lot bigger than i thought absolutely like, you think it's going to be the, these two relatively uh, even sets of warriors going up against one another and then you're like superboy prime he just took on everybody in infinite crisis like it took two supermen plunging him through red sun to kill him or not to kill him but to stop him and it took mogo as well um so the fact that you have him as like this 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 engine of destruction who's going to work with this this uh, this core that would be enough. But then also having the anti monitors no, it's totally badass. And it made it feel like you can't discount the Green Lantern books. No, big Exa- shit I'm, is happening. I, I'm over with here.
1: you. I'm with you 100.
0: Uh, and I, I guess part of it why I, I I'm so excited about this storyline is because it was exciting. I mean it. There's not one piece of it where I was like, I'm bored or I don't really care about this. It always felt like I didn't really know where it was going to go with it. And part of it is because you had these huge characters on the board. Um, And again, because a lot of the whole Blackest Night and Sinestro Corps War, they were building off of that classic Alan Moore story, um, which had the idea of of the Blackest Night and this this prophecy. That's part of what made it a little more exciting, too, because they were building into this idea that there was a prophecy out there about characters like Sodom Yacht, about the fall of the Green Lanterns, and we were seeing it happen. And so it's easy to forget about a lot of that build-up was in believing that there, there's something huge going on behind the scenes, and this is going to change everything. And it did. And it was so good. So good. and like, the, But the, there's also a reason why I have the trades up until the end of the Corps War, and then I stop. And I have the singles afterwards, but I don't even care about getting the trades after as much. Even though there's a lot of good stuff... Uh, Larflea's initial appearance is very good. Agent Orange, yeah. Um, you know, the initial Red Lanterns was actually really good stuff as well. Yeah. A lot of it's really good introductions. It just it, it never it never quite recaptures the same level of excitement. It wants you to feel like it will. And Blackest Night, going into that, you you felt like this could be it. This could be the, the big one that we were teased at the end of Sustracore War, but then it just went on too long. And it just... It didn't learn the right lessons from Synestrical War. Synestrical War taught you that you could do a quick, fast-paced event just within the Green Lantern books, and it could be awesome.
1: I think that was probably the original plan
0: of Blackest Night until it, again, snowballed into the yeah. monstrosity that it was. I mean, at the end of the day, hey, people are going to like this because the last thing was huge and it was a critical darling. Let's make as much of it as possible. I mean, it's basic economics. Why wouldn't you? It's just unfortunate that... I mean, often marketing and the economics of comics... Help ruin good comics. I mean, this, the the Clone Saga would not would have been like mm, a, yeah. a year shorter if it wasn't for marketing. But at the same time, if it wasn't for marketing, we may not have the Age of Apocalypse. Uh, that kind of stuff. Like that's purely a marketing move. How can we you know make make the biggest franchise in comics even bigger? So I mean, there's the the the, the bright side and the dark side. And unfortunately, when the dark side is bad. It's awful. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's true. Um, the comics, we love you. Yeah. What else is on your list? I, I feel bad because I feel like the, I we're at some point we might have to do a follow up episode of every. I want I want the people who listen to the episode to mention things that we didn't talk about at all, so that we can come back to them. And plus, we should at some point do a supplementary episode on the stuff that wasn't just Jeff Johns, because obviously there's a lot of stuff we're not mentioning that was in Green Lantern Corps, Red Lanterns, uh, uh, Emerald, Emerald, Emerald Warriors, Warriors, New Guardians. Like, the there's a lot of things that Jeff Johns did right it was happening during his sphere of influence, but he didn't actually write it. So we've kind of been glossing I'm sure there's over
1: correspondence that. correspondence with Tomasi and Johns and the various other Oh, of course music. there was. Yeah.
0: Oh, with Tomasi in a big way. Like when it was just the two books, you felt like there was a, big, a good sense of continuity and that they understood where the others were going. Well, as you get further along, it felt like there was a little bit <clears throat> less of that. Uh, or less than like communicating with each other as well uh, as the books seemed to spiral a little. Uh, right. The New 52 was a big spiral moment for all of them.
1: Yeah, it, it did. There was this, a point where you felt it was kind of starting to lose its way. And the, like the last two points, I can almost sum into one where you have the rise of the third army and the wrath of the first lantern mm-hmm. at the very end there. Um, both seemed kind of rushed, thrown in there. Very, very poor character design for both the army and Volthoom. Yeah. Very odd kind of name to throw in there at the end. True. Um, and, and here these weird threats were, and you weren't quite sure what to make of them, what the purpose was. Um, like, all the Third Army was, to me, was another method of the Guardian's madness being shown. And these weird creatures that then kill you, then possess you, then you become yeah. one. which is
0: fine. And I, I feel like it just it went on too long. I, and, I, and the fact that they called it an event, and that they built it that way, is part of the problem. Like, if it was just, like, a recurring element, like again the comics used to be more serial storytelling it wasn't all events and it wasn't all like part of this of that it was just like if you go back and read the claremont uncanny x-men issues uh well not the more modern ones the the classic ones you have him seeding plot lines and things are drawn out over time but everything feels like it unfolds at its own pace that's what the rise of the third army could have been it was just something that's happening in the background uh and it becomes more and more ele- uh, evident that the Guardians have a sinister plan, and then you do something about it. Instead of, again, this is a marketing problem as opposed to necessarily just being a storytelling problem. Okay. You market it as this is a big event, and it's uh, throughout all these issues, and they even number them. I think. No, now, no they didn't number. Oh, wrath they didn't number those. Oh, no? the,
1: no, the, they numbered Wrath of the first Lantern, but not it Rise. rise they of the third okay. Army. Okay.
0: But then you read those books, and in some of them, the whole the Rise of the Third Army thing. Maybe took a couple pages. It didn't matter. Like, it, 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 didn't, it didn't make a difference. And no. Because
1: no. your big guns weren't there to really play with it. You had Hal Snestro off the board, mm-hmm. and you had Baz kind of in the middle. Yeah, you and know.
0: At, at the end of his storyline, he kind of had that come Yeah, earth.
1: a very quick little blip of it. Yeah. Right? You didn't have any real member of anything. Mm. It just kind of was there. It was just
0: really odd. And it also felt like there was a lot of different elements going on. And this is actually something that right near the end of that storyline, I didn't know, I I, I would forget what the hell was going on. Because there were so many different types of things happening. And then when you read uh, Wrath of the First Lantern, well, most of that event didn't matter because it was just alternate history things.
1: Yeah, you spend time with this Walthoon character playing with their brains and showing things that he wanted to... because so just was toying with all the characters, yeah. right? This is what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. Oh, this messed you up? Let's mess you up even more. Oh, didn't you want this to be happy in your life? Well,
0: too bad. And then <laughs> you get to the last issue, and then it's just like, what? Like, There's just so much going on, and you realize how all the books have been telling very different <laughs> stories, and now they're all converging all at once, but you have this rat-a-tat-tat of, how can we top ourselves? Not next issue, but in two pages. I know, it's... Like I like this little mini
1: tray, this eight eight dollar book that yeah. comes together. Now, oh, did cool you like that pretty. you had
0: a lot of uh, you know uh, people just talking about it with Jeff Johns?
1: Well, <laughs> yes, but I didn't want it during my storytelling. Yeah, right. I all this stuff. Congratulations, Jeff Johns, for your great run. All, puts all in the back of the book. Isn't
0: that really egocentric too? Like. I like, like I like, uh, I like Brian Michael Bendis most of his stuff on Avengers, but I don't think when he was done, he had like a celebratory like salute <laughs> to himself. Like it felt very self serving. And like, yes, he has done an ama- Jeff Johns has done an amazing job on Green Lantern. We wouldn't be talking about him no. for an entire episode if he hadn't. And he's had a, an indelible mark on Green Lantern mythos. The fact that there even are related or actually five Green Lantern related books now he's a big achievement he's the number one reason because, behind it for like, sure they, can't, like, they were based. Like at one point like his Kyle Rayner's book was not selling all that well there's a reason why they took a chance and they cancelled it for a mini series um, so the fact that there's five books now in the Green Lantern uh, franchise is solely because of a lot of the great work that Geoff Johns has done but that being said you don't need to have multiple pages saying how great you are and it just felt very self-serving I agree and I don't know very Uh-oh. egotistical and maybe, maybe I'm a dick for saying that but like <laughs> I just I just I, got, I was tired of it and wasn't Jeff John's mom or something or someone's mother one of the quotes like I could be wrong uh, but it felt like it way. got to that point where like like who are these people giving the quotes why, do, why are they justified in being some of the people to even talk about it like where do you draw the line like I could see maybe one page DC editorial saying like great job Jeff even though you're one of us and you basically chose this page but Good job, but like instead you just have page after page. Yeah, I had a quick little thing in the back, of it was fine, but not not. Cause I I felt
1: not compelled, but I, I just felt trapped with glancing at, it and then ending up reading all the points and go, oh, okay wait back to the story. Yeah, felt like I interrupted where I was trying. Like, to who go. are
0: like some of them? Like do you even know who most of these people are? I'm just we're just looking here you got here.
1: co-creators of, and producers of, of Robot Chicken and you got
0: like I, okay so they, they you know they, they're they like Robot Chicken has done DC stuff yeah and, big time comic book geeks and I guess other people editors and artists and but does things. this really need? To, does it need to be there you know, and are they somehow more qualified than?
1: I get to a certain extent, but I don't think like some of
0: them I get. Okay, Patrick Gleason. Okay, so he was an artist on a lot of the core stuff. All right, Philip Tan, same thing. Gary Frank, you're an artist, but you haven't really done any Green Lantern stuff. So why are you? Why are we listening to you? Know. You know, it's kind of like when you watch um, like a documentary and they have like interviews with the weirdest people, and you're like, well, "Why is this? Why am I listening to you? Like, is there any reason why you are talking right now and I'm listening to?" you? And that's how I felt about about reading all those you know oh great job Jeff
1: <laughs> so, I guess the the final issue was a little odd where where we take it from you know this rookie green lantern gets inaugurated and then goes to visit this cloaked character who knows Snestro, right yeah um, and you know they read through the book of Oa and they tell Hal's kind of story and then you know it, it's about it's a Jeff John's overload right it's the whole epic run Almost condensed in in the book. Every every little thing he's touched on, like here's the core. um, Look, here's a risk we haven't seen her for. I think I think Strike Natu since New Fifty Two. Like some people running, where have they been since New Fifty Two? And he's randomly show up in this issue. It
0: definitely felt like um, there's a lot of issues, especially during the whole Wrath of the First Lantern, where it could have been like a few panels, especially with all those you know him messing with people and showing them what things could have been. And then you get to the last issue, and you're like. Holy crap, like, is this the content that they took out of the last four chapters? And they put it all in the one big comic, and then they had to give you filler for the last four issues? Like, it just felt like there was so much going on. And the problem with having it all in one book is that you have overload. You have this feeling of, again, constantly having to top yourself with these big. It was just a series of moments. It wasn't really a story, it was just a, well, Here's a badass moment. Well, here's an even more badass moment. You thought that was badass? This is a badass moment. Yeah. And by the end, you're just like, you get to feel numb. Because every page or two, it's something bigger and badder. And there's less and less explanation given for what is uh, happening. And things are happening that are huge and world-shaking events. And they're brushed off because the next big thing is two panels away. Yeah. Like, you're showing a, a shot of... The uh, big panel. Here's of, Howling the Black Lanterns. Howling and... the Black Lanterns. That's a storyline right there. Instead, it's, like, a quick thing that is quickly and easily dealt with. Yeah. Um, I mean, doesn't Sinestro get powered up by... Uh, Parallax. By Parallax? Yeah. Well, that's quickly done. Like, these are things where they should be huge, epic moments. And, and, and-, and it's weird, because he, he does this, and he gets powered up, and then
1: uh, he tries to mess with the first lantern, and then ultimately fails, mm-hmm. and kind of goes away for a little bit, while Hal brings a Necron to do dirty business, and then... When we see Sinestro again, he's like, oh, I just came back from slaughtering the Guardians. Yeah. And they go back and show him doing it. And I go, well, that should have been a more... Uh, that should have, we should have seen that happen first mm-hmm. and then not kind of go back to it. it yeah. Like, the pacing was really odd because I think they were trying to cram... Plus, instead of wasting time yeah. previously. My
0: problem with Sinestro taking on the Power of Parallax, not that he couldn't do it because obviously he could, it makes Parallax seem a little bit like a horror... Like, a horror, <laughs> a horror of a power energy, Like, anyone can take it on. Like, at this point, like, who hasn't... Like, I feel like it's kind of like, oh, great, Sinestro, you've been Parallax. So is everyone else. You know, like, we've done it before. Like, it's sloppy thirds or fourths or whatever number they're on. Yeah, like, I see. Everyone's done it already. It's not special. Like, the, when you had Kyle turning the Parallax, that was a big moment. Because yes. up to then, it had just been how, and it was a cool juxtaposition. You got to see a little bit of the old armor influenced in the Parallax design. That was kind of cool, Interesting way of looking at it because the whole reason Kyle ever even became—I mean, I think the first place was because of Parallax. It was this weird coming full circle. Okay, that's cool, but now it just feels like, well, no, anyone can do it. Like anyone could take on these entities. They—the more you try to be more badass and have all these huge moments, you take away the power of the singular moments uh, when these people first have control of these things. And yeah, I—and
1: the end, but not the end—and it shows you the the future that. No,
0: and that, and that bothered me just because like the books are going to continue to be published so don't show me what the future is going to look like but
1: you must leave the Balfongo moment didn't you yeah I did like the Balfongo <laughs> was still there and he's always getting his
0: ass kicked forever <laughs> um, and again these nice little you know nods to earlier and again there's some good ideas in here but I feel like I'm reading Green Lanterns now and they're trying to pretend like we don't know what the future is and which is fair because technically we don't because it's never going to become this did you like the secret of the Indigo Tribe? Um I forget what the secret of the Indigo tribe even was. <laughs> I found it so uninteresting. <laughs> okay. What was the secret? Tell me. Uh they were
1: all uh, murderers, rapists, really oh, yeah, bad. I didn't people. care. That's right. Oh,
0: okay. That's that's why I didn't care. <laughs> that's why I didn't remember. It's because I found it so uninteresting. Okay. And unfortunately, the Green Lantern of the New Fifty Two, I stopped reading a bunch of it. I wouldn't have even read the last little while if I hadn't been doing reviews, podcasts about it. Uh, I just I I stopped caring and which is really sad because it was such a huge again I've gone through these weird moments with Green Lantern I loved Rebirth and then you have this very boring first eight issues of this series and then it gets awesome again and then you have and then it slowly kills itself and because it got it was just it got too good and then it could only go down from there and it did and it kept going lower and and now there's five books in the Green Lantern franchise that's too much are you buying any of them no, I'm taking a Green Lantern break. <laughs> a Green Lantern hiatus? Yeah. A, a hiatus? From the I, I
1: told myself as long as John's is writing the book, I will buy the book. Okay. Now that he is done, that was my jumping off point. Were you
0: still buying all the other books while you were I still wasn't buying-, buying Red Lanterns. It's
1: okay. the only one I wasn't buying. You know, uh, why? Well,
0: and I feel like I haven't missed anything. No, um, AJ Reese, who's the, uh, a, a listener who's been on two reviews, well, one reviews podcast with me. He would say you're right. You didn't miss anything. He's a big fan of Red Lanterns, and is so sad that what Milligan did to the book over time. Okay. But uh, that, that it's starting to get better. Although I disagree because now Guy Gardner is the leader of the Corps. That I know. Yes. And he easily easily vanquished uh, Atrocitus. Uh, Atrocitus. Who, oh, uh, vanquished. He well, he beat him pretty bad. Oh. And then took his ring off his finger. Oh. Yeah. It was embarrassing. I hated it. Uh, I, I just
1: Atrocitus well, is pretty badass. That's, and I'm no, not a big well, fan of Guy.
0: Well, again, apparently he's been weakened over time, so he has been weaker over oh. the last little while. But also, Guy Gardner had a zero power in his power ring when he did it. Like, it was dying, and he still thrashed him. That's. that's uh, okay, you can't see this, listeners, but uh, Paul's face palmed himself, and that's exactly uh, how I felt about it. I thought it was the most ridiculous piece of crap. Um, anyways, but uh, I, apparently it's, it's actually better than it has been.
1: Okay. Like, I'm planning to read it at some point. you but... going to read Larkley's? Yeah.
0: Don't. I read the first issue. I gave it a 2 out of 10. It was so bad. About your
1: vintage 8? That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, know, if you <laughs> Actually, you know what? Um, thanks again to AJ Reese. I've actually reconsidered how I've been reviewing the books. Oh, very good. Um, One time. Well, first of all, I, I stand by all the gates for the book of the month. Because there's stuff I liked already. Okay. I wouldn't have you read them. But, okay, but can I, I... Okay, I don't dispute the fact... That you like all the books, okay?
1: But I think you can agree with me in saying that you have to understand that all three of those books run different levels. You can't—they weren't equal to each other at all. Whether okay. you like them or not, that's fine. But I don't think you could fairly give them, even in, in your crazy world, *She-Hulk* the same ranking as you would *Saga*. Okay, right? Well, here's what I would say: so I think you have to admit that's a superior book than that,
0: regardless of your love for it or not. Different types of love. Different. <laughs> Different types of love. One thing I would say, the way I've started, like, when I started reviewing comics, what, seven, or no, about nine years ago, uh, the way I used to review them, because I was working for this website, and uh, basically it would be an out-of-five system for writing and art, and then I would just average them together, and that would be the, the overall out-of-five. And I'd stop doing that, because I was not writing the reviews anymore. Anyways, I was like, well, why haven't I been doing this for all my podcasts? And so now I'm 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 actively like looking at it. What would I give this book out of five for the art? What would I give it for a story? And then what does this actually be? So a lot of the things I was giving sixes as this kind of like generic rating, I realized that a lot of the books were like fours or fives. So you're right. Maybe those eights the on the book of the month retroactively, if I had to look at them, probably wouldn't all be eights. Some of them might be a little bit higher. Some of them might be a little bit lower. I admit I, I got comfortable in it. And in a weird spectrum, I never really went lower than sixes. I don't know why. I was I was ping-ponging between like maybe maybe five and a half and like nine and a half. And I never really went above or below, but that was it. And now I've changed that over the last few weeks. And so I've had a lot of fours have showed up. Oh, wow, okay. Good for you. So maybe you'll be surprised next time. Although, that being said, one of the books we're doing next time, Book of the Month, whatever that is, is going to be the Justice League... Uh, the first arc in the the first year fifty two, yeah. and God knows I'm not a fan of that. So <laughs> don't worry about getting an eight there. Good stuff. And you will not have a, an eight to uh, to yell at me for. Very good. Um, any anything else you kind of wanted to talk about Green Lantern? No, I
1: think that um, the quantifier. So, I, like again, to sum up, um, the overall era was, it, I think, yes, it had ups and downs. Um, the centerpiece, I think, we've touched it on a thousand times, is the Spectral Core War. Absolutely.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I can I look at the uh, the Green Lantern issue? Abs- I had? Absolutely. I just wanted going to kind of look at the uh, the trades. Just to, yeah. just as we're signing off, I'd like to least go through the kind of the the storylines, the the ups and downs storylines, in very specific order. Because I mean, we've 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 talked okay. about it briefly.
1: Well, we, we Rebirth was the beginning. Yes. Which was a successful relaunch of the franchise as a
0: whole. Very exciting, right? It we, made you excited for what was coming next. Absolutely. Even exactly. if it didn't quite deserve it. Happened later.
1: Yeah, so we laid the groundwork, <laughs> and we're all good there. No fear, which you said was kind of boring to start off, and was a good. I'm place I'm a to... miser. I don't know why, yeah. but I where I thought it was a good place for someone like me who's not entrenched in the DC universe and doesn't know a lot what's going on. Gotcha. Great place to start. Nice and easy. Let's ease the the readers in, yeah. and 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 let's keep building. right okay. Slow burn. I'm cool yeah. with that.
0: Um, then we have Revenge of the Green Lanterns. Which got really good because, I mean, I again, I love continuity and I love the return of a lot of these Lanterns that uh, have been thought dead or killed by uh, yeah. by Hal. And, and actually, something that was running through maybe the first couple of years of Geoff Johns' run is the idea that the Lanterns don't trust Hal Jordan. He is the man who killed a lot of Lanterns. He is the one who destroyed the chorus, was the idea of redeeming the character. And I did like that he took a long time to kind of get there, that people didn't just let him come back a lot of people would want to beat up on him or you know, give him a lot of flack because they didn't trust him and they thought he shouldn't even be allowed to wear the ring so he didn't just let that go he acknowledged the fact that there are a lot of people who are going to hate Hal Jordan and that's okay and you, and you eventually have a lot of these older lanterns return and it was nice to see some old familiar faces like Aresia or Jack Chance it was just nice to see them still around and they weren't actually dead
1: Absolutely And we out our first taste Of Sinestro Corps With our Kilo being introduced Yeah Um Cyber Superman pops in here Superboy Prime pops in here so Who's
0: your favorite Sinestro Corps member Besides Sinestro Cause there's been a few Notable ones I like our Kilo Yeah, yeah like Everyone their, their does their yeah. yeah Um Obviously this Mongol Was cool when he had the rings Uh He was more or less a member. He was the de facto leader for a bit.
1: Yeah, but I liked it when Special came, take it back.
0: Yes, no, yeah. it was really cool. Like um, what else was, it? who else was, uh, Crib was there?
1: I didn't like Crib; she was too creepy, but too I liked creepy? the the the, uh, the girl with the two dogs. Okay, yeah, um, I can't remember the name. I can't remember but... her name, but yeah, she was yeah. very did,
0: creepy, but very cool. I did like Ranks. Oh, girl. Ranks, yeah. The Sentient City was awesome. That was great. Uh, cool. Him and Mogul going at it in the, in yeah. the core yeah. War, yeah. Before I actually we continue with this, actually, because I'm already talking about it, mm. who's your favorite Red Lantern? Is it Atrocitus? Or is it the or is it the cat, Dexter? Oh yeah, Dexter for sure. It's always Dexter, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Who's, who doesn't love Dexter? Yeah. He's... The action
1: figure comes with a It's great. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's a fan favorite.
1: This is a cat. Yeah, cute little cat. At... Absolutely. I mean, it
0: makes sense. you have had enough animals, basically, in the United <laughs> Core. Like, you've had squirrels and stuff. and bees and yeah. dogs. Yeah. Well, no. when Biz died, that was heartbreaking. I've never been so sad that a bug died. Yeah, no kidding. Like, and I love that concept that you have Mogo and his partner's like a, <laughs> yeah, like like, a, like a mosquito, beef. you know? Like, and I love that, that he showed up in the movie ever so briefly. Ever so briefly, yes. And I think Rami Hull was there too, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, continue, please.
1: Um, so, yeah, we get some really good stuff rolling in. And this was the uh, One Year Later stuff,
0: right? Uh, what, Revenge of the Green Lantern? Yeah. What about it?
1: This is when One Year Later kicks in, correct?
0: Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. It's right, I think, an issue or two into it. Uh, I think you get seven, eight, and nine. So I think you get, yeah, three issues, and then you uh, kick into one year later. And that's in the book, really finds its footing more so um, and figures out what it wants to be. And plus, I actually like the stuff that you had uh, Hal Jordan, his flashbacks to what he'd been doing there one year later. Again, not really born out in 52 at all, but you had the feeling that something crazy, the crazy shit had gone down that year. And that's what you were supposed to feel. I don't know. And it not all books was really true. No, You had a wanted help Jordan. Yeah, that uh, was
1: The Red core Corps Batman. What took place?
0: Yeah, that was oh, that was so cool. That was so cool. A very cool moments. And now the only thing is, again, right before we had the Sinestro Corps, we have one of my most hated issues of Green Lantern. Um, I can't remember the artist. I'm pretty sure it's uh, DC does not do a good job of telling me who's their artist in their trades. I'm pretty sure it's. Um, uh, nope no idea Daniel Akuna I hate Akuna yeah. <laughs> I know uh, there, actually there's been a few times I liked Acuna but this is not one of them because you had this amazing Ivan Reyes artwork and then you had this Star Sapphire story which first of all was not high up on Jeff Johns' best story list and the artwork is atrocious and the colors are boring really bad, yeah. it's like the worst and, and it's right before the Sister Core War happens and it's like how, how can you do this uh, like you have this great ideas that are about to come down the pike, and then right before you do it, you have this really terrible story, and mm-hmm. with the, some of the worst art, and it's just oh! this three part storyline that's garbage. Yeah. Anyway, but it did reintroduce the Star Sapphires to the current continuity, which so it's important in that respect. You also have the and you, and you have the idea.
1: They're creepy version of the Guardians, the Zamorans yes. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've been around long.
0: before, but not. And plus, now you, you get the first glimpse of the, there are other lanterns out there. There's other colors, and you get the first big sense that the some spectrum, yeah, that something bigger is happening. So yes, the first, the immediate thing happening is the Sinestro Corps, but on the macro side, there's a whole other universe. So there's always of been color. a yellow
1: ring, right? You've always had that yellow ring made by the accordions. yeah, right. And Guy that,
0: Gardner, you got to use it once, and he had a bitchin' jacket. Do <laughs> you ever see his jacket that he wore? He's terrible. Uh, I, I don't it. know if it was ter- more terrible than his horrible haircut, but it was up there. Yeah, it was a little uh, so after. Uh, we've, after Wanted is the Sinestro core war. The same if you read nothing else
1: from the era, this is the thing to read. Go by the three trades, mm-hmm. right? There's the I think part. it's one now,
0: they have a consolidated one, it's just the synestrical war,
1: but there's also the tales of, which still yes, separate, right? That is still separate, yeah,
0: because yeah. I, I have the part one, the part two, and I have the tales, so do I, yeah, yeah. Get those three, they have the absolute editions too. You can Does it have get,
1: that tales in there,
0: who knows. I don't think it does. Probably not. Which is weird because yeah, it's I, important. One thing I've thought about buying—it's not wasted one shot. I think last week there was the absolute blackest night came out, and I've thought about it, but I, I don't actually know what's included, and that's the problem with something like that. Is it's a huge event with a lot of different pieces. If it doesn't have all the Green Lantern, Green Lantern core tie-ins, it's not worth it. And these have the three core books. It does
1: right. Without that, there's no point.
0: Otherwise, it's well, it's you get two thirds of the story or a third of the story, depending on them. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it, can you imagine? It's like if you took a one shot. The one shot that started the Session Core War out of the trade—that's how stupid it would be. It uh, was continued.
1: Because um, okay, so after the the beauty that was the Session Core War, uh, we hit into Secret Origin, which was now.
0: Uh, what's interesting is that I think the trades—the way that they mention the trades—there are issues that happen in the middle. Uh, the original Alpha Lanterns; those store that those issues take place before Secret Origin starts. I think, yeah, they do but they're not represented in this chronology that they give you at the back of the Green Lantern book. It's like they're embarrassed that they even happened. I don't even know where they're collected in the trade, actually.
1: I don't think Alpha Lanterns were in the subsidiary books.
0: No, they were originally introduced in Green Lantern. And I can double-check that as you go through the chronology, but I'm pretty sure. If mm. You say so. And well, we, that doesn't sound very confident in my <laughs> in my abilities. You're like, well, if you say so, but I don't trust you.
1: But it, it was a nice way to retread Hal's origin. They've done it with a bunch of. They've done it with Superman recently. Uh, Johns did it right. Uh, um, yeah, he did so yeah. the secret origin kind of brand. Almost seems to be a very popular thing. That no, yeah, trying to it's a nice the origin.
0: Yeah, it's a nice more um more updated retelling of the original Emerald Dawn. Plus, it throws in some elements that will have a big impact later on.
1: Exactly. Atrocitus is a big deal from that point. They know mm-hmm. about the prophecies, Blackest Night, yada,
0: yada. So it's all... And Black and uh, William Hand is in there as well, right? Correct, yeah. So yeah, a lot of elements that never would have been important before. It wasn't. It's not really just a Green Lantern origin story, although it's an effective one. It's also a lot of... If you're a fan of the overall um, kind of uh, mythos, then you're getting a lot of important building blocks given to you as well. Exactly. So, you know, here... So right after an amazing event, you still got a really good
1: follow-up mm-hmm. to it. And then you now we're starting to see more of where they wanted to go with uh, Rage of Red Lanterns and Ancient Orange. Yeah. But then we both agree that the concepts were there but not truly realized, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just there was just so much that they had to deal with because they knew that this big event was coming. So they're just kind of putting the pieces into place. But sometimes that's all it felt like they're 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 putting in the, the prerequisite pieces but they're not really giving a lot of thought but yeah. maybe I'm incorrect
1: yeah, and here how it kind of changes some colors for a bit it
0: was blue and green at the same time and here we go uh, Green Lantern 26 to 28 were the uh, who are the Alpha Lanterns oh. so it's right before so I don't know where it's collected but I guess they're pretending it didn't happen if only
1: it's probably hidden in one of these trades somewhere but yeah
0: probably well I don't know because I know the secret origin trade doesn't include it so it's who knows where it is? I Because it was right before Secret Order. Wasn't there hit. an
1: Alpha Lantern trade maybe? Or?
0: Yeah, I think there was for Green Lantern Corps so maybe it got sandwiched in there. It's unfortunate when things don't quite work out properly. I mean, they, they so badly want things to work out in a very specific way with trades and then certain issues just get left behind. So we have, you said Agent Orange is after the... Uh, R- no, Rage of R-
1: Red Lanterns is first. Okay, and then... Which, you know, we get uh, Scar, who was sort of the anti-monitor, and we yeah. see her floating behind the scenes, finding the Book of Black, that kind of stuff, That's right? That's true, yeah. And her all bleeding out of black, gray yes, her face. creepy and face. And starting up, uh, you know, again, teasing. Very yes. good job setting up what's going to come, making you excited for what we're going to be. Um, we see the birth of the Red Lantern. Um, they deal more with the Star Sapphires and the Violet Lanterns and love, and then again, we have the, the blue yeah. and green crossover, because tr- blue can counter the red very well. Yes.
0: I love St. Walker. All will be well. Who's your blue? Who's your favorite blue? Is it St. Walker? St. Walker, yeah. What about that very, elephant? Very, very tragic. What about, what about the El- elephant? Oh,
1: what's his name? Wrath? Isn't it, is Isn't Worth? I think it's Worth. Bro- Brother Worth. Brother Worth. I do yeah. like, I, uh... Brother and sister. What, like the very
0: what I fun. like... Yeah, what I like about, um... Yeah, the, the all will be well. I throw that into so many conversations with people. And <laughs> no, people don't know, right? Like I, I I'm uh, I work at a bank and uh, tomorrow is like my first day fully opening the bank all on my own because mm-hmm. usually there's other people there. I have the authorities, just usually there's other people of authority above me. They happen to not be there tomorrow, so I have to open it. And it my, the, one of the other people who's the manager just uh, immediately above me, she was texting me saying like, are you, know, you going to be okay? And I'm like, don't worry, all will be well and she, she doesn't know it goes right over her head but to me I'm like haha I snuck in some comic book reference there and I, I enjoyed it anyway were you wearing blue? Uh, I was I was wearing blue that day yeah, I was yeah. wearing a blue shirt yeah for sure although I had a gold tie so I don't know what that means it's I don't know if, I guess I'm hopeful and scared yeah well that's very much me isn't it? yeah it's very much you full of hope but also scared to death uh, so after Agent Orange what do we go into? After Agent Orange is the Blackest Thing. Okay. So then they got the huge event itself and then I didn't realize how quickly I guess it goes right into Brightest Day and then War of the Green Lanterns. Yeah. There really was no rest. No. It's boom and boom. And that's boom. I guess kind of the issue. Now calling it Green Lantern Brightest well, Day. Yeah, is but Brightest really, Day really isn't like, No, you're right. That's not a real event. It's just a no. bunch of things that were happening to lead really up. A
1: tagged Brightest Day when it first yeah. came out. So it was just, just leading up to
0: War of the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Which again was kind of my exit um it's not to be honest i've reread it recently it's better than i give it credit for i think pro- part of the problem was uh when you're reading it in succession of all these things when you read like blackest night and then you're reading all these brightest day tagged issues and then you get to this war of the green Lanterns, and was just like oh my god like enough like it just felt like there was always something 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 and we didn't have a moment to, to really breathe and that was a problem um anyways what's next uh, Then you 52 happens Uh, After the war, okay,
1: Uh, and then we have Sinestro. Yeah, um, just kind of take kind of front and center. Yes, Uh, then Revenge of Black Hand, where um, we have the Secret Indigo Tribe. Oh yeah, Um, the Secret of the Indigo Tribe. We find out that these lost guardians in this secret little prison.
0: uh, Maybe I should reread the first, like the twenty issues of New Fifty Two, because I just felt I felt very annoyed by just I don't know everything after the War of Green Lanterns, and maybe that was unfair. And maybe I should go back, and maybe I'll enjoy the whole the last twenty issues or so more than I thought I did. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe. plus you. That was my wife walking through the room, making herself some food. So she, uh, bless you, Kelly. Anyways, uh, moving on from our uh, special cameo. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, may, I I don't think I'm wrong about Rise of the Third Army and Wrath of the First Lantern, but I do think that maybe I'm a little too harsh on the. First 13 issues or so.
1: Yeah, no, this stuff wasn't bad. The snestro stuff, and you're just kind of wondering where he's going to go with it. Right? Yeah. How long is Snestra going to be Green Lantern? Yeah. And why they do this now at this point, right? I
0: also don't like the, the costume redesigns. Like, I was reading Rebirth, and I'm like, man, I love that costume, and I really hate the current costume, that weird look. Because they had to give everything the weird pop colors, and... I'm okay with new costume. You're okay with it? Yep. Well, at least one of us is. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> okay. I don't know, I just it looked so perfect before and the idea that it is like just the energy uh, of of the ring and it it doesn't it makes less sense for it to actually look like it does now i feel like before when it was obviously created by the ring, but it could have been more like fabricy. It made more sense, but now, like we know, it's this—it's the embodiment of the energy, and we know that it—it it, it feels hot and well, hot and cold, right? Mm-hmm. And certain parts of the, like the green—is that what feels hot, and the black is cold? Correct. Yeah. So that's a really cool idea, and but then you have the more current version of the costume, kind of throwing that out the window, and that's too bad. Yeah, well, you know, and plus, Kyle Rayner has had some horrible costumes over the last nine years. Like seriously, like I loved his costume when when Reaper started. The best costume he's ever had, Sure personally. I I loved the 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 look of the lantern logo. I like everything about that costume. Looks simple but really effective. And then overall, like you've had the weird costume he had during uh, Countdown to Final Crisis, where he had that like giant symbol on the on his chest. No, it's just small, a
1: small logo. Certain
0: side. artists made it look giant. Okay, fine. I agree. It's supposed to be small. And then again, having the uh, his visor get bigger and bigger. No one can seem to really master his visor. No,
1: you know they they want to try and make it similar to his nineties one, but it depends who draws it. It's it's a oh, monstrosity, yeah. and yeah. it
0: looks worse than you realize because you you haven't read the most recent issue where it looks worse than ever. Uh, and again, well, I, I no, I've seen it here. Uh, I think they show a splash page just
1: showing what's coming. For oh, they show like a mission uh, showing what's coming uh, up. Yeah, okay, where is it? Here. what's
0: unfortunate too is that again, Kyle Rayner. Has really suffered because he used to be a character on his own, obviously, and now he's—he's he's uh, been lost in the shuffle. He's been lost in the shuffle, yeah. and, that, and it's interesting because, as I was saying before, Jeff Johns did such a great job at first to make sure he didn't, to make sure he still had a presence, that there's still a reason for him to be there. And obviously, they've given him theoretically a reason to be there because you know he's—he's he's the White Lantern. But we don't really know why he has mm-hmm. to be him and why he gets to do all this. And I just feel like they need to give him a purpose. And he doesn't feel like he has one. No,
1: he's lost, and now like and he has his own book
0: now. Like that's the sad part. Like I found him more interesting when he was living on Earth and he was trying to balance being a hero and deal with that. Like that's that's more interesting because it gives the character some sort of grounding. He has no personal life. He doesn't exist in the New Fifty Two. Like he, uh, his relationship with Donna Troy didn't happen because she doesn't exist as a character. Uh, Obviously, the his past with Alex still happened. But she's long since dead. Yes, Uh so and Two and Him are over. So where's she even been? Where's she been? She, where's, where did yeah. that relationship even go? I think like, she's
1: in a splash page in this book yeah. since we fifty-two. And where's she know? been? The and, and the time. whole concept of her being Sashko's daughter—they like, made her a
0: great yeah. piece. Well, well where has been? Where has the yeah. the prior uh, those two guys we said before that used to be in Queen Latifah? Is Mark
1: Holland, uh, I can't remember his name. Me. Eh? Killing me,
0: yeah. But like they're not around anymore. Like and and it's really frustrating because they they build up these characters that you really start to enjoy and love. I love Sodom Yacht. I still have no yes. idea what happened to him.
1: Oh, brutal! I know they ruined that. How awesome was to have a Superman, Green Lantern?
0: Well, in the minute they let him do that, they take it. They make him infected by lead poisoning. Uh, right? Like gosh. two minutes later. Yeah. Like again, like come on, like we get it. But like seriously, uh, that was and the, again that was one of those moments where it was just so cool. And I wanna see more of that. I wanna see Sodomat was a cool character because it was this idea of prophecy and when you're dealing with prophecy, it's kinda of like what I loved about the first season of Heroes. It was you felt like it was building to this point. And every every step you got closer, you felt this spine tingling excitement because you, you didn't quite know how it was all gonna fit into the puzzle, but you could start to see the puzzle. Like you, you have all these pieces and then you start to see the edges of the of the puzzle filled in. And that's exciting. Uh, in any type of storytelling, when you can start to see how it's all going to fit together, yep. and you don't quite know yet, but that's part of the excitement, the journey, the discovery of, of seeing how it's all going to fit together. And then if you just then throw it all away and stop doing prophecy and and start just throwing away all the good characters that you built up, it's a mess. I don't
1: know.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like I'm I'm sounding more harsh on the run on the you know the Jeff Jones era than I mean to, and part of that's because I've had, I feel like I've had negative interactions with the last couple of years. But it started it didn't off so end, strong. It didn't end well. No. And I think well. the last issue was a nice attempt at trying to recapture the greatness. But again, it just felt like, let me catch my breath for at least another page before yeah. you try and, and, Be- and because do Because if again. you
1: look here, back, up, if we go back to the chronology for just a second, you, you see here where you had... Okay, so we had Rebirth, and then we had some breathers to lay some groundwork. And this core... And then we had some breathers to lead yeah. up to Blackest Night. But after Blackest Night, there was a, a quick blip to Brightest Day, and then boom, Rescue Lanterns. Boom, snatchers was in charge, you know. Boom, Third Army, and then Wrath to really yeah. kind of close it all off at the end. Oh, and yeah. like, you never know. Like, was this the original place to end it, or did he decide, like, I'm busy taking care of the more flagship stuff with Justice League? I've done my work, Green Lantern. I don't know. I
0: mean, you know, he loves, I, you know, in this. Unfortunately, it's interesting. If you look back, a lot of the things that he has left have not necessarily fared all that well after he's left. Uh, Teen Titans is probably the worst example because it went, It had a lot of trouble once he left the Teen Titans. Um, I mean, the last couple of years of his tenure in the book weren't necessarily the best, but they're still solid. And then it just... The wheels fall off the car um, or the bike or whatever metaphor you want to use, but the wheels fall off the vehicle. Um, and then the, if you look at his JSA when he left Justice Society of America it, the other writers were okay but they couldn't match his whatever he had like he had this yeah. really real strength for the for that character because why I'm taking a
1: break from Glenn now because I don't care who you put on after him mm-hmm. those are huge shoes to fill no they are and you know obviously they don't want to be a complete copycat they're going to respect what's been built and, and play with those pieces mm. but the direction they take those pieces will it you know pay off in the end who knows yeah. so i'm gonna i, I, I will we'll go back and read them for sure when we're out by the trades afterwards whatever yeah um i'm still interested in green lantern the character but you know um i want to be able to take this run sit on it enjoy it appreciate it for what it was Don't sit on your comics or ruin them <laughs> but um you know and then i'll come back to
0: green lantern uh when i'm ready but um so it won't be for a while eh?
1: Well,
0: it'll be sooner around than later. Mm-hmm. I always sure. wish that they'd, uh, this is a total tangent, but that's what I do. Yes. Um, I, I would wish that they would reprint more of the older stuff of Green Lantern. Like, the weird stuff, the, the 90s stuff, the, the, the stuff that people don't like to talk about. Uh, or even the, the early Kyle Rayner stuff. Like, DC has a great back catalog. I have catalog. a bunch of
1: old trades, that, but,
0: but they're not in print anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, they don't, the DC is frustrating sometimes because they just, they have such huge back catalogs and they do, often don't go back into them. Uh, or when they do they give you weird sampling collections like they have the, some hardcover collections I think maybe in October was like Man of Steel celebrating Superman but it has the weirdest assortment of stuff it's so it's like issue 600 issue 359 like it's the weirdest thing and they also have like a lowest Lane hardcover it's the same problem it's just that it feels like they they put in a number generator and they just took out the numbers that were actual issues that they published and then threw out everything else like Weird. you know like and there's stuff I'd love to read and or even stuff that's out of print that I don't know understand why it is like I would love to go back and read Emerald Dawn again but I can't find the trade anywhere uh, on the Superman side I'd love to read you know The Man of Steel uh, by uh, John Byrne can't find that in trade anymore like this stuff used to be evergreen, but they they don't care anymore. It's because stuff like Secret Origin have replaced it, but it's still classic stuff. And I find I'm more and more excited about looking at solicitations and seeing what reprints are coming out. Like, there's uh, an upcoming... Well,
1: on 52 now, right? That's... Well,
0: not just DC, but even Marvel. Like, I'm more excited about old stuff, which yeah. is sad. But, like, there's a... What is it? A cable and X-Force Classic. I look at that every day, and I'm like, I need to buy this, but I can't quite pull the trigger on it. Because I'm like, I don't need this. At all. But I kind of want it. Because it's like it's older material. Um, There's a Superman Dark Knight over Metropolis trade that's coming out soon. Which is like an early 90s storyline where uh, Superman first gives Batman the Kryptonite ring. Like, This is the stuff that makes me more excited now. But that's sad. Why isn't it the new stuff? Why am I not as excited? Good why, question. Why am I not as excited, Paul? Tell me why I'm not as excited. <sighs> Cause, is it because I'm old?
1: Not your old. I like, like going back. Because you, you, uh, you appreciate where things came from.
0: Yeah. I do like old right. continuity. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's... There's something about it. Like, you, you can't really... Because uh, it, all, it all
1: started somewhere. Like, me, for example, this is going to sound silly, but, like, I think not mentioned sure it before, Nate makes fun of me, but I'm a big Power Ranger fan, right? You know? So, for my birthday recently, um, I got Power Ranger box sets, right? It's crazy. Crazy. How big is that? Uh, the first eight seasons, so writing more from the Lost Galaxy. Uh, we're not even close yet. We're the 20th anniversary this year, right? Yeah. So... I watch the old stuff. I'm, I'm watching the original Mighty Morphin stuff. Does and it hold up? To a certain extent, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It is, it, it's old nineties stuff, right? Yeah. And Is there more continuity than I remember there being? Or is it pretty standalone-ish? Um, are there arcs? Yes. Okay, well, I don't I don't remember. It, I was told not to watch it after <laughs> a certain point. There's a lot of parental groups, a lot of pressure, and everyone was kind yeah, of I saying, don't, don't And my parents were very like... Power Rangers is very repetitive. The same
1: formula has existed for 20 years. Yes. It's very, very simple. You know, wow. send down monster, monster beats Rangers for a bit, they leave, get better powers, yeah. summon the Megasword to kill it, move on yeah. with your life. To it's, be
0: fair, I mean, we've had 50 years of the same Spider-Man stories. I mean, they're all no, essentially the I same. Like, but,
1: you know, looking back... You know, Megaforce is on right now. It's some decent stuff and great, but it's that Mighty Morphin going back to it now, and I go, and I'm floored because I thought maybe I missed a few episodes here and there, but mm. I, only, only two came up of the first 60 that didn't kind of okay. make an inkling of memory. Um, and now, watching it again, knowing now that I didn't know then, like mm-hmm. with the, the, the Sentai origination of the Japanese footage. I'm going
0: cross-eyed because I don't understand. Uh,
1: sentai... Okay. is Power Rangers in Japan. Gotcha. Existed since 1979. Wow. There's 35 years in Japan. We're 20 years Holy in North America. crap. Okay? So, 93 is when we launched this thing and okay. it became the global phenomenon that it is. That so,
0: it I would say that it was. Yes. It's not really the, the global phenomenon anymore, is it? No,
1: it's not as big as it used to be, though. Not okay. anymore. Like, Mighty stu- stu- Morphin was the shit, and then it, the... The big deal of it kind of lost its way after a while, then Disney had the rights for a bit, and that mm. didn't go super well because the only time you could watch it in Canada was on the Disney, on the Family Channel oh, at yeah. like 6 a.m. Well, on a Sunday or something stupid big, right?
0: Well, a, part of, a big part of that is uh, the fragmentation of the uh, mm. well in, of, of, of programming in, in, on TV at all you don't have Fox not. Kids anymore well, exactly there used to be YTV. a net, network television in yeah. the states where you actually had a channel and that, the whole idea of Saturday morning cartoons doesn't exist because now you have the cartoon network like you have sh- places where all they have is cartoons yeah. and they can have new stuff and in Canada we don't get a lot of that no we, we don't we don't get most of those channels so, it's hell
1: 2 and that's the best yes. yeah
0: we, and we get them dripped out once in a while we'll get a show in advance of the states which has happened in the past yes but it's but I think that's a huge part of it too, is why nothing can really be as popular as it used to be because you you would come home and you turn on like NBC or like a really popular channel and they would have a, an actual, you know, children's block. Uh like Disney. Like they'd have like a two hour block of great stuff. Or they'd have like a whole Saturday morning lineup. Like I remember like reading like Disney Adventures. It would be like the whole like advertising the new block. It was super exciting. All these new shows were coming out and it was it was this what, nine to eleven block on Saturday mornings. And you had X-Men would be in there, like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was, that's how you got your stuff. It's true. And now it's so different. And I remember coming home from school and watching Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And it was on Fox Kids, and Fox mm-hmm. Kids was awesome. It was great back in the day. Back Fantastic. in the day.
1: But again, the, back to the original point, is that I'm watching this old stuff again, and I'm loving it because it, it brings me back to, you know, when I was younger and is the stories I did and appreciate. Not that the new stuff is terrible, it's just not the same. No. And I like going back and I like watching again. Like having, you know, Ben's watching a bit with me. He's probably way too young the front. I probably shouldn't have him watch it, but he's watching anyways. And when Bulk and Skull walk in the room, yeah. you know, with the like, bum bum yeah. and the slapstick comedy, and he sits there and he giggles his face off, and with the with the quick food fights and little shenanigans they get themselves into, yeah. he just absolutely can't wait for Balkan Skull to hit the screen and and laugh it up. And it's so cheesy nineties. Nonsense, yeah. I get it, kids show, whatever, but it, it's my guilty pleasure. I can't, it's, it's really good stuff. Again, new stuff's good, but mm. going back to the old, it's the same thing your comics. Not that the new stuff isn't bad per se, but the old stuff is what you grew up on, it's what you remember. Yeah. So you have, you know, sometimes you look back at something, like look at the new Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. Love the new show, it's fantastic. The, yeah. the brand new show does a really good job of uh, showcasing the turtles, the animation's pretty slick, the voices are good. I recently watched. We had Teletoon Retro for a bit and watched the Ghetto Turtles, and I was like, "Oh, this wasn't quite as cool as I remember it being." No, well, no, it's not. You know, so you know, you you, you have an old sense of things being awesome when you were younger, but then yeah. you watch Miguel like, go, Oh my god, I so, love this stuff!
0: I, I'm always interested in what does still stand up. Yeah. Uh, reboot, still awesome. Oh, reboot's no question. Well, maybe not season one. The first one, one and, and half a half seasons. Yeah, well, they were still. Everyone agrees. Like, yeah. well, it's because they were on a network and they couldn't be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the minute they were able to be in syndication and do their own thing is when they became amazing. Yes. Anyways, for those who don't watch Reboot, <laughs> fail on you. <laughs> um, Go find it. No, yeah. Uh, so I, I have had a lot of that going back and buying all the trades. And I'm just, there's just some. So, yeah, you're right. There's a certain sense of familiarity also the old continuity like I, I just love I love I love comics because of continuity I mean I'm a huge continuity nut and the current era of comics is not as heavy on the same type of continuity as it used to be continuity doesn't exist in the same way as it used to no. like you read a comic and they would reference things and it didn't didn't feel forced it just felt like it took place in this world where all these other things were happening um, nowadays, the only real continuity I get is like on the first page of like a Spider-Man book, they'll have like the Daily Bugle and they'll have a bunch of headlines from other other books, or and that that'll be like, oh well, that's kind of neat, but that's not really in the comic, that's in the recap.
1: Yeah, uh, but that recaps there. make you feel that's happening in Daredevil? Let's read Daredevil, well, Let's which is cool. Which, which, thing.
0: But then I mean, that's the te- technically speaking, that's almost what the old, old continuities kind of used to be like. You do have weird things where you're like, oh, well, this is on, this is happening. Why is that happening? Oh, well, that was happening at that time, like Inferno. Well, like, why does this this uh, um, postal box eating someone? Oh, well, Inferno made everything come alive. Okay, like there is that that happens sometimes, like weird things. But I just love continuity, this this sense of history, and you get that in old comics that you don't always know. Some of them are, are terrible, though. I mean, I, I bought an X Men uh, compilation. Which has like 199 and I think 209 And it's covering The bridge that Leads up to The uh, Massacre But it's, it's John Mita Jr. And it's really Rough to John Vader Jr. Well my favorite I know Like you don't Like him on his Best Well on his best day, You You'll tolerate When he takes His time he's doing his yeah. nice stuff. Whereas this was When he was Changing things up And trying something Different And it was ugh, It was really Not Not really that Polished uh, But I was still Glad I was able To read like These old comics And I don't know I, I'm just an old man and I'm not like I'm <laughs> I'm 29 years old, but I, I like from a comic reader's perspective, I feel like I'm 50 because I just I love all this old stuff, and the new stuff is still good, and a lot of the Marvel stuff is doing great. But I don't know. we've gone so far off the Green Lantern topic. I really should rename the podcast. Uh, this is this Public is tangents. Yeah, this is this is tangent <laughs> junction. Like yeah, this is, it is that's what I do. Uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? Strike that before we go to final thoughts okay. I just want to quickly run through the character arc general character characters and what you thought of them throughout the run so Guy Gardner did you enjoy his kind of adventures
1: throughout I'm not a big Guy Gardner guy if, if any Green Lantern had to die today I would say kill
0: Guy really not John Stewart no nope. I can't stand John Stewart <laughs> I just don't I, I find him boring a lot of the him. He, he, oh, Zanshi died. Yeah, yeah, he's my second choice for and, sure. Oh he, no, I killed Mogo and I'm so ostracized. I'm I, done with everyone
1: that. cries over something, right? So.
0: Yeah, not Guy Gardner. <clears throat> he seems to not care about anything. <laughs> he just beats up Alfunga. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I I tolerate and enjoy Guy Gardner a lot of the time because they play him a little bit lighter and looser. They can have you can tell stories with Guy Gardner, and I guess this is my point. I feel like you can tell stories with Guy Gardner you can't tell with mm-hmm. any other Green Lanterns as much. Uh, whereas with John, with John Stewart, I never get that same feeling. I don't get a really good sense of him having a real identity. Yes, he's an architect, and you can see that when, when the artists actually take the time to make the constructs look different. Yeah. But really, like I don't find he's that great a character. He needs to be on a team or something. He doesn't yeah. stand well on his own. Whereas Guy Gardner, Guy can, yeah. you can yeah. tell a fun story with him. Well, you can when tell he... really against type stories. You can tell black ops stories with Yeah, you in the
1: Green Lantern Corps, that black ops you story don't... he was. That was crazy. Who is... I? never seen this type of guy before and i thought he was pretty badass right like story, you can yeah. tell
0: different types of stories and it doesn't change he's still guy but it's guy in a different uh, different type of story a different uh, yeah. you know feeling and it worked. and so like that's why i, I don't want to kill guy honor because i yeah. think he's, he's he he lets you tell him different out, But types Post of
1: 52, of they made him out to be this big fuck up all the time though yes. with his
0: parents and this and
1: that he can't do anything right and da-da-da. like he lost some of his Coolness. Post Fifty
0: Two. I agree a little bit that yeah, they kind of maybe pulled the curtain too hard back on him, and yeah. they they made him a little bit more a script than he needed to be. That being said, there were some good stories in there, kind of showing his redemptive qualities and that he's not a screw up, and maybe showing why he gets that edge to him. Which, you know, at, uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I guess I'm fine with it. Uh, I agree that they pushed a little hard on it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Rayner as we said got lost lost his
1: way i they kept trying to find what can we do with with kyle right so they eventually now settle on making him the torchbearer and then the white and the white lantern um how long will this last i don't know i like to see him just maybe be back to being dc spider-man green slash green lantern
0: i well i don't think you can bring him back there because part of that was the inexperience like that's that's part of what informed that version of the character. Uh, like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, like Spider-Man, the it's kind of like, uh, it makes me think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because when she started, she didn't really know what she was doing. She was uncomfortable and unsure of herself. And that's where a lot of the quips came from. That's where a lot of the humor came from. But by the end of the series, I was just like, she just felt so like, she's done all this stuff. And it just felt very like, she's so full of herself. And the character just got to this point where she was too big for her britches. But there was no way to knock her down enough pegs for it to work. So that's kind of the way I feel with him as a character. But Kyle's
1: not cocky or anything. He's, he's not, not like, cocky. i the he, White Lantern and acting No, but he's,
0: he's d- been through too much to be able to be allowed. It's the same thing with Spider-Man. Like He gets to a certain point where he's been around too long that he's not just the, the awkward guy anymore. As, as much as they want him to be the 16-year-old all the time, he is someone who's been through everything. And he, you know, he's a little bit more jaded, but also a little bit more seasoned. He's not just the wisecracking guy trying to get through this battle because he's too scared to say anything else. Um, so, I mean, it, it just would feel awkward to bring Kyle back to his roots. Sure, he's just he's just done too much. He's been too, he's been too much. He's been everything. He's he's been parallax. He's been the white you know, he's the been white ion. Yeah. He's been everything. You know, and he, he unfortunately I've lost sight of who he is as a character, and I don't think the writers really know either. And I'm hoping maybe on the new the new book they'll find a way to figure out who he wants to be. And maybe well, the writers he, will figure out who they want him to be. Yeah,
1: if he's now the focal point of the book, he's not trying to share the spotlight with another lantern or something. If he's going to be the sole guy. Well, technically
0: that. he was a New Guardians, kind of. But it, like he was still allowed to... He was the only Green Lantern there.
1: Yeah, but he still had the support of the rest of that cast.
0: Well, I don't know if you call it support. It's just like a mess of a bunch of characters. These guys look cool. They have different colors. Like, that's about... I think that was the strategy meeting. Anyway. Uh, Kilowog. He doesn't have much of an arc. Actually, I take that back. Now they're actually pushing him to... Now he's the protocol officer. He's Salak now. Which doesn't feel right.
1: No, he's more the drill sergeant. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. I think they're going to make John Stewart the drill sergeant now. Which, again, at least it's something to do with Jon Stewart. So, as much as I may not be a huge fan or that interested in a new direction, at least they're doing something with the characters. But Kilowog is not... A guy Salak. who worries about protocol. No. Uh, that being said, Salak, I love Salak. I mean, he got a lot to do throughout this entire era, like more in core, he though. Was, he was used very well. Like, he was kinda had those you know, the,
1: the sunglasses over his eyes, right? Yeah. Kinda always supporting the guardians, being with them hundred percent and being blind to their shenanigans, but then once of actually realizing what they're doing and, oh my god, what have I been doing this whole time? Yeah. He got that kind of slap to the face going, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Uh Carol Ferris. She had, a, she had a lot to do.
1: Yeah, I guess going from a base level interest to being a big deal with uh, Star the Sapphire. Star Sapphires being it is nice a flagship that
0: character. They were actually able to make the Star Sapphires into a core of its own because previously it was not a very good idea. It was like a parasite. More it was a parasite those, right? that made her into this crazy character. Instead, yeah. they actually were able to change it and have her be able to harness it. I don't know if I necessarily needed her to be like the best version of them. Yeah, like, remember writing the
1: their Predator in Brightest yeah. and Brightest Day, shooting Hot Girl and Hawkman? Man. Yeah, this is,
0: like I don't really like. I get that they want Hal Jordan to be like the best of the best, and he's the best Green Lantern. But I don't need his love interest to have to be the best, the best of a, of best her best. hers. Yeah, it just feels a little forced. Um, I could be wrong. I, it also feels a little bit of, um, like, DC's weird because there are a few characters like her that turning the villains randomly and but now they're trying to make her more of a superhero it's not really in her DNA as a character though like it's nice that they're trying to give her more depth as a character and have her do other things and not just be the base love interest who's waiting around for him to get home from space but at the same time like does she need to be like does everyone in his life need to be a member of the core, of a core no
1: but we're not in our dams distress either
0: I know. I just it's, it's again it suffers from the fact that he doesn't have a, a really good supporting cast because if you want him in space, then he's not with his supporting cast, and so it's a way of grafting the supporting cast onto his adventures. Mm. And I don't know. I just don't necessarily need that. If um, she doesn't need to have powers, but she does now. I I don't know. Um, who else who has been drastically well? Obviously that we've we've gone over some of our favorite members of the different cores. Larfleeze is obviously like a fan favorite. Would you agree?
1: He's a funny character. He's, he's a, very, very, a very oddball character. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his.
0: I do think with him less is more and DC doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> obviously they have his own book now. I think he's one of those characters he's relatively one note. Like the Christmas special was
1: cute. Him, yeah. Santa Claus and stuff. That was like
0: kinda... I, I just don't think he needs, first of all he doesn't need to be an ongoing character. He's villainous but not really a villain but, again, he's kind of, not that he's, he's it's, it's Venom Syndrome. They want to take this cool kind of character that worked for a storyline or two, and it was kind of neat, and he's more villainous, or at least antagonistic, and then they want to shave off some of those edges and make him a little bit more of a protagonist. It doesn't work. We don't want that. No.
1: And we know deep down, he doesn't want that. He, he wants more. He wants
0: everything, he just doesn't want that. <laughs> he no, doesn't no, want to be the good guy.
1: No, no, but then, remember when he, the quick scene where he was stripped of the powers? Okay. And he was like... Uh, realizing that he he doesn't want no. the orange power anymore he doesn't yeah. want to be that greedy little monger he wants to be free of that
0: yeah well then he got it back yeah and now oh, his book is so terrible I can't even I,
1: I'm not surprised
0: if you ever find the first issue first of all if it's 25 cents maybe buy it <laughs> then you need to burn it and I'll give you 25 cents back <laughs> just to see you burn it in effigy it's such an atrociously bad book That's so bad uh, I'm trying to think What else uh, Well obviously The Guardians went through A huge metamorphosis They throughout. did I mean And Ganthet, uh he, I forget Is he still alive? What yes. happened Oh he's still He got spared just, Oh because he's with uh, Sade yeah. Well which is kind of Nice for them Because I like that He had a love story
1: Yeah they closed that off nicely. So yeah
0: And Guardian had a love story But the rest of the Guardians Went Like they kind of Just got ruined They got turned into Evil bastards And we never really Got to see why
1: Exactly. just kind of happen. Like, to do happen, and suddenly they're...
0: Like, you know, we, we get to see part blatantly. of it. It made sense where, like, they want to become more about order and they don't trust their own guys. Okay. That kind of... There is a reason for that, and they... Obviously, they've... They, there's a long history of them kind of having potentially devious under underhanding, Under... Underhanded dealings. Ugh. I can't but speak But where do today. they
1: find the time and the power to do all these But
0: things. suddenly they become giant assholes. They're trying to, like, end the world, basically, then have everything policed by automatons like it just felt like they crossed over into like mustache twirling villainy really quickly without any explanation and we're just supposed to go with it and then and then they're gone now we have these replacement guardians which is really convenient but these other guardians who've been
1: locked in this little cube for a while but now
0: they're uh, they're gonna explore the world and they're gonna try it but they're not actually gonna take over the Green Lantern Corps they're gonna let Hal be the leader and they're gonna just do their own thing and then they'll come back what the hell was the point? Yeah, it just feels like that's usually my, my question with a lot of this stuff.
1: It's something in my back pocket use later, I guess.
0: I guess so. Uh, Superboy Prime was cool in Sinestro Corps, and then he went back to being uncool everywhere else. Yeah, Everywhere else. <laughs>
1: unfortunately.
0: Um, who else? Anti-Monitor, again, same kind of thing.
1: No, well, he, he served his purpose. Like, here, here's the, the badass yeah. surprise for Sinestro Corps War, then his husk was used. Um, for blackest night,
0: but then he was in brightest day, right? Wasn't he back? No. Yeah, in brightest day, the anti-monitor was a, was back because remember dead man having to confront oh the anti-monitor? Yeah, yeah 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 exactly, yeah, okay. and I don't even know what's going on with that. So much of this mm-hmm. is un, not unforgettable. It's very forgettable. It's sad. It's interesting that some of these comics, like the ones we really know well, came out like eight or nine years ago. But the stuff that came out two or three years ago, we have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. Like it just it, it quickly passed through our, our consciousness. I guess to, if we didn't enjoy it, we
1: just want to quickly just get through it and, and move I guess, the next. and that, next that, that thing. says something.
0: Yeah, not a good something. No. If I had to sum up the entire run, massively important. It's changed the Green Lantern franchise forever. Some of the a lot of the stories in the last few years have better concepts than execution. Overall, you can't take away the fact that this is a franchise now where before it used to be a book. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, Brian Michael Bendis revitalized the Avengers franchise in much the same way. He took apart what was there before and then now there's like, what, five Avengers books or it feels like it. Like, there's Avengers that comes out twice a month, there's uh, Avengers Assemble, there's New Avengers, there's Secret Avengers, there's insane. Young Avengers. Like, there's so many, like, now it's a it's a force to be reckoned with. It has replaced the X-Men. Well... I would think it would it's more it's, it's at least side by side with the, with the X-Men as uh, one of Marvel's biggest and most important franchises whereas 10 years ago it was not it had no. one title and that was it uh, it was not an entity unto itself and now also with the movies like you can't you can't even imagine a world without the Avengers being no. one of the biggest franchises in comics but 10 years ago it wasn't same thing with Green Lantern 10 years ago Green Lantern was well yeah 10 years ago Green Lantern was nothing it was one no. book yeah. and a lot of pissed off people who were upset that Hal Jordan was still uh, Spectre and now it's this they've got five titles that come out that's insane so I mean and so that's that's all because of Jeff Johns yeah, absolutely because now you look at the DC solicits and you get here's the Batman ones here's
1: the Green Lantern ones yeah here's exactly. the rest of the DCU yeah it used
0: to be he would be as part of the other the, yeah. you know, the other uh, DCU characters so, so I mean that is enormously important
1: yeah he, he rose this from the ashes absolutely it was it was was a a very interesting part of the DCU that was never fully realized and he went in that toy box and he created this whole universe inside the universe yeah Mm -hmm. you know um with every part of it with the emotional spectrum and the powers and the characters and um built this just great place Mm mhm um, and, and Marvel is almost trying to, to copy that in terms of reviling their cosmic side of, of the yeah. universe or with Guardians of the Galaxy and oh, stuff for sure. like that
0: what's interesting too is I just thought of is that uh, he took a Silver Age character who had fallen from grace or was at least off the board for the <laughs> most part like he was he was, spect- he was Spectre but that wasn't really the no. character right that's not the how Hall- if you said who's Hal Jordan, you'd be like well Green Lantern so he wasn't that so they took a defunct basically defunct Silver Age character they brought him back in a, in a series called Rebirth that then successfully launched a new book so then he tried it a few years later with Flash brought back a Silver Age Flash Barry Allen who'd been off the board for over 20 years and he sa- and brought him back in a Flash Rebirth and then tried to spin him off into his own new Flash book to start and try and basically uh, hit and lightning twice which is especially appropriate for Flash and it didn't work no well, Why, especially because that was at Flashpoint with, like, the U52. Regardless of Flashpoint. Like, even just, like, the first 12 issues or so of that book, it, it wasn't what they wanted. Like, even Rebirth itself, like, you read Flash Rebirth, it's confusing. Oh, man, yeah, I know. Like, and I follow a lot of that stuff, and I'm a big fan of the Flash, and I follow a lot of the Wally stuff, and I was just like, what? Plus, it wasn't even his real coming out party, because he came back in Final Crisis, but it wasn't really well described. Yeah, I know, you're putting up your hand, like, please shut right up, but... Um, Whereas You read Green Lantern Rebirth And Theoretically Green Lantern Rebirth Has more heavy lifting to do Because it's It comes It starts with a more complicated um, Like setup Like the The characters are in weird places And he has to clean it Whereas with Flash Rebirth They're not in complicated places Everything is running along smoothly You brought back Barry That is pretty simple but they make it the most complex, like, Black Flash, and, and something, Reverse Flash, and his own reverse speed force, and it's just like, I don't, what, huh? Like, you, you didn't have to make it complicated, you actually had a pretty simple setup, and yet, you made it as complicated as you possibly could, whereas with Green Lantern it was the opposite. He had a giant mess, which he fixed up, fixed up beautifully. So, it's just, it's amazing that, like, you know, it's the same writer, but doesn't always work. No, absolutely not. Like, he definitely tried to make Flash his new Green Lantern. And, which is, I mean, it was fitting. Like, he was huge on, on, uh, I actually did mention this earlier, he was really big on Wally West version of Flash. He wrote uh, a few years of it. It was one of the best runs that book had ever had. So everyone assumed, oh, he's gonna back Barry. This is going to be great. He's going to use the, the. he loves Silver Age characters so much, he's going to be a great Barry writer. And then it came back and we, I didn't know what the hell was happening.
1: Yeah. No, I think, and yeah, but then he's come back and brought Aquaman back, and when he did Teen Titans, and brought that into yeah. the forefront. So I think three he, out of four he, isn't too bad. He
0: has more successes than failures, generally. Yeah. And I would agree. Well, he's also at the Justice League, and that's yeah. started off as Didn't a failure and he, became he a success, a yeah. and now it's in Trinity War, which is its own thing. Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting writer. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's had a lot of interesting books he's written. Well, I will give... I've liked what, more of them than I've hated them. Exactly, and I'll give whatever
1: he writes a shot. Okay. Uh, whatever it is, I'll, I will give it a glance, and, and whether I like it or not like it, I'll make that judgment after I read it. But okay. I, if he's tied to a project, I'm I'm all in.
0: All in. Eh? Yeah, I will give it a go. I got to think of the worst project possible that you would never want to read, and see if Jeff Johns being on it would help. <laughs> What's something you hate? Red right, She Hulk but Jeff Johns? <laughs> What do you say? What do you say to that, eh? Oh man! Take a book you absolutely could not hate oh, more. Man. Put Jeff Johns on there. Yeah, what I'll, do you think about that? I'll go back. <laughs> I released the first six issues. You you would read that? Yeah. With go, open arms. one arc. Yeah. I put Iron, Ivan Ivan on artwork.
1: Oh, beautiful! That was be the the beautiful. best. That'd but be the, the first time you see Rancor Dog or Roller Coaster,
0: okay. I'm, I'm out. Pretty sure Jeff Johns wouldn't do that too. I'm out. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, no. oh, I guess the. I mean, I we've been wrapping it up for the last twenty minutes. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I had a lot more to say than I thought. Uh, uh, do you have any no final, final thoughts? No. <laughs> you can pull I a just, Jerry Springer moment and have a... Uh... Um,
1: I, I want, I just hope people who have read all these books, um, and look, uh, one thing we were, I mentioned to you off cast was that um, my analogy to you know amazing people in sports who have had amazing careers. You look at you know, Brett Favre or Michael Jordan, uh, amazing careers, but then they made that last little comeback at the end and they far come back from retirement three times and, mm. and feeling miserably and, and the baseball stint with the Wizards for Jordan, stuff like that. Yeah. Things that didn't go as well. Okay. So, um, though people have failures in their lives, uh, towards the end of things sometimes let's not forget the greatness and I think overall they're still considered the greatest players who have ever played the sport in some yep. regards so I think this is easily one of the greatest runs or eras of Green Lantern and it should not be missed um, and if you want to pinpoint something specific always go back to Nestro Core War you will not be disappointed mm-hmm. it won like every single nerdy comic book video oh, game yeah. website anything at the comics that was story of the year for everybody hands down no questions asked was that year No, it's true. You're um,
0: right. It, and it, it again. It's the most open. It's the most memorable, games. and it, it really shattered a lot of preconceived notions of what what you could do with a Green Lantern event. The fact that you could have it one event in comics. Yeah, you know, like it's it was just, so tightly put together. Yeah, and every every part of it was 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 essential. Like again, it didn't feel like there was padding. It didn't. Feel like you know ten issues of Age of Ultron that didn't happen. Um, like it, it definitely <laughs> felt like every issue really brought you something important yep. to the overall story and it moved things along. And uh, and was immensely entertaining and exciting. Yeah, and uh, well, John, it's it's really easy to, um, you know, comic. It's really easy to get jaded in comic books when you're reading comic books for a long time. Yep. and sometimes you just it's almost like you're chasing that that moment of excitement that you had as a, as a kid when you were really excited about something in comics and then as you get older it feels like you know you read a lot of good books but maybe you don't have that same level of absolute excitement and euphoric joy of reading that next comic and then you get and then for me Sinister Core War really harnessed that energy it was like oh my god this is amazing like I cannot wait to read the next chapter I'm I'm really excited I'm jaded but I'm but this is made me feel as if I'm not this has given me hope mhm this has made me feel that all will be well and it was (laughs) at least in that event so yeah uh, well I guess that about wraps us up well it's been two and a half hours holy crap we always do this eh? I know I really thought this was going to be an hour and a half it was not (laughs) All right. well uh, thank you Paul this has been Paul Skoraj joining me today Um, Adam Chapman Um, this has been episode 96 our spotlight on Green Lantern episode Um, we have a lot of other episodes you can check back in our archive as we near episode 100 uh, the next episode, uh, even-numbered episode, will be episode 98, focusing on the uh, Wolverine movie. So that'll be July 26th, and then after that we'll have the 100th episode. No idea what we're doing for that yet, but it should be something cool. It depends on who can show up. It'll be
1: there. a smorgasbord of tangents.
0: Uh, so basically it'll be a regular episode is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that should be exciting. Uh, if you want to send us an email, again, tell us things that we should talk about in our next Green Lantern episode at some point in the future. Uh, please feel free to do so. You can let me know at comic shenanigans at com, or you can uh, like us on Facebook. You can communicate with us there or you could uh, post in our HC Realms po- um, thread that we post the episodes on on HC Realms. Uh, so thanks for listening and uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Let your lanterns burn bright. Oh, God. That was sad.